Welcome to episode 86 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name's Brandon Chowan, and I have Mark Nadeau with me tonight. Mark, how's everything going with you this fine spring evening? Good. Just getting over a cold, so if I sound uh, less sexy or- <laughs> That's fucking impossible. Or, you know, if, if you find that my sexuality has subtracted from last <laughs> week, I'm just getting over a cold. Oh, man. Well, you sound fine to me, so- Hopefully, uh, hopefully you sound fine to everybody else. That's because you're already enticed. I'm exactly. already enticed you. Exactly. I'm like poison ivy. <laughs> I just don't oh. do the outfit very well. No, I've seen it and I don't like it. But that's well, I'm allergic okay. to the foliage, so Ain't like no. it's my natural uh, antihistamines mm-hmm. and whatnot. Right. <laughs> what it's a bitch a thing. That I haven't really finalized the uh, the outfit yet. I'm yeah. thinking I shouldn't go with leaves. <laughs> or should maybe go with, um, uh, you know, maybe like just like a patch of grass. Uh, there you go. Grass can be sexy when when applied properly. I think so. It all depends on the soil. You need a good soil. It <laughs> yeah, it's always about the soil. It's all about the base. <laughs> <laughs> the base. Oh, I'm just, oh, I don't I'm want no trouble. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I'm going to puke. Oh, man. So, just as a quick reminder, Ash is enjoying his vacation this week and next, but he will be back in about, uh, what, couple weeks now, three weeks, I guess, time, to uh, grace us with his silky smooth tones yet again, so have no fear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, tonight we are going to wrap up our current arc, which has been dedicated to all things Scream Factory, with the review that you, our listeners, have asked for, you have clamored for, you have voted for, mm-hmm. and that's Cherry Falls from 2000. We are also super excited to announce our next podcast arc at the end of this week's show, but not before we move on to round 22 of the Best in the Backlog Challenge. First, though, let's talk about social media and how it is that you can follow us outside of just listening to our podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Cinefessions. You can email us at contact at Cinefessions.com, and you can leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at 1-302-448-TALK. That's one three zero two four four eight eight two five five, and make sure you include that one because for some reason without it, it doesn't get you to the voicemail. We love comments, we love questions, corrections, we love um, opinions, we love suggestions most of all. So make sure you're sending those our way, and also make sure you're following our uh, Instagram account, Cinefessions there, and uh, we post a lot of media pickups, and Mark posts a ton of reviews. So definitely give that a follow if you haven't already. And you can also like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Cinefessions and check out our long list of past reviews and all previous 85 podcast episodes over at Cinefessions.com. So instead of telling you all that you can get a free 30-day trial from Audible by going to audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions. Um, what was that? Um, aud- audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions. Huh? Yeah, uh, uh, you know what? Forget it, Mark. Anyway, instead of that, we want to tell you guys about another opportunity to win a $20 Amazon gift card. What we really need, yeah, a a, a $20 Amazon gift card. The connection between us is a little difficult Mm -hmm. tonight. I would really wish you would talk to me before you start offering giveaways. (laughs) My beard I know. keeps getting grayer and grayer yep. every yep. time Mark you is, mention giveaways. Mark's the, Mark's the money man for the show. So whenever I throw the shit uh, out here, he's like, fuck, 
my pockets aren't that deep, but like I still have that used copy of Avatar on Blu-ray <laughs> and a bootleg of Sex World that's still waiting oh, to be claimed. Still waiting to give that shit away. Collecting dust. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. What do you want to fucking give to them now? So, what we really need in order for our our little podcast to reach the next level is to reach more ears. And the best way to make that happen is to get our show rated on iTunes. Now, some of you may already know, but it takes a specific minimum number of votes in order for the show to have a star rating associated with it on the iTunes stores. So we're very close on the US store, the Canadian store, and the UK store. So we thank you guys so much for the reviews we've left so far. But we need you guys to help push us over that threshold by leaving us a review if you haven't already. Of course, we'd love a five-star review, but any review at all will help you uh, get entered, well, get you entered rather, in to win that $20 Amazon gift card to the Amazon store of your choice. So for the entire month of April, anyone who leaves the Cinefessions podcast, they review on iTunes, will have a chance to win a $20 Amazon gift card. Now, this means that (laughs) if you've ever left us a review, unfortunately, you won't be qualified to win this time around. But don't worry. Uh, We like doing giveaways. Well, (laughs) let me rephrase. (laughs) I like doing giveaways. (laughs) So I'm sure you're going to have another shot to win uh, again very soon. And thank you again for already leaving us those reviews. We really appreciate it. It. But if you're one of those that listens to us every week and you like what we're doing here, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes. We'll read all the reviews uh, we receive on air over the next few weeks and then as uh, announce on episode 91 of the podcast who won the Amazon gift card. So make sure you're listening. Again, that's on episode 91. So this is a super easy way to be entered in to win an Amazon gift card and help us out here at the show both at the same time. So it's a win-win situation for us. So hopefully we'll get so many entrants that I want to double the winnings again just to pick Mark, <laughs> piss Mark off. But oh, Jesus <laughs> we'll see. So head over to the what iTunes. Is story? <laughs> I gotta, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm uh, glad that we don't bounce the books on the boat because that's I'm, just thinking right. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, man. Not funny. I know, but it, I, I can't Gosh. help it. So head on over to your iTunes store, whichever one you use. Leave us a review. Get entered to win a $20 Amazon gift card for whichever store it is that you use. And then come back and listen to episode 91 to see if you've won. Simple as that. I just know that you're doing this as a power play right now because Ash is in here. <laughs> you, know, you found me out. We're a team. You don't have to pull this bullshit. <laughs> oh man so so moving ahead here to our week in media yes. before we talk about exactly what we've been doing this past week i kind of want to update our listeners on where we are for our media goals for 2017 because we are of course when this podcast releases going to be almost exactly one quarter of the way through already all one quarter of the way through 2017. So, Mark, where are you? Where do you stand now a quarter of the way through all your goals? Okay. So, I got to do some quick math here. Yeah. Um, so, I had three goals. Uh, one was um, to watch at least one Netflix uh, TV series a month. So, so far, so good. Uh, as we're concluding March, I've watched over three. So, I'm still con- counting them as one per uh, month. So I've got three down. I got nine to go. 
Um, as for movies as well, I wanted to go to the theater at least once a month. I've uh, suplexed that uh, goal uh, <laughs> every month so far. So I've gone to the movies at least once a month. And for my <laughs> for my <laughs> A to Z challenge, A to Z, yeah, a it's the crazy one. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm right now. I'm kind of hating myself. Um, I'm finishing my reviews on the backlog I've done, and I've already started doing my leg. Well, I guess I can talk about it right now. So I'm in currently my second leg of okay. the uh, A to Z to A challenge, where I'm using uh, off my Roku. I've subscribed uh, to the Midnight Pulp app. Yeah. And uh, I'm watching movies strictly on the Midnight Pulp app for this uh, now Z to A uh, segment. Um, movies that I do not own on Blu-ray DVD and that I have not yet seen. Um, so I've written five so far. So now I'm at the letter U. Um, not me, you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I'm probably going to watch a U. I'm probably going to watch a U film tonight. Um, right now, I would have to say if I'm using a baseball term, I'm batting 200 out of the okay. five movies I've watched from Z to uh, <laughs> W. Only mm-hmm. one's been only one's had over three star rating. Everything else has been oh, shit. Man. But again, you're looking at movies that start with Z. And let's start with mm-hmm. why. And again, this service has awesome cult films, but the cult films that they have either have ordered or have already or already own. So I'm not going to watch those. So let's say that I'm watching movies I would probably never buy. Uh, right. So I posted a uh, article tonight for the killer that should be on Instagram right now, mm-hmm. which actually <laughs> uh, Thursday night, not Friday. Um, so my next <laughs> review, which, you know, they're kind of backing up, but I am going on vacation, uh, in one podcast from now. So I'm not sure if I should start doing more than one post a day or if I should just keep them. So while I'm gone, I have something to post every day. Still debating because mm-hmm. I'm really only posting about three or four reviews a week, but I'm writing more than that. So I might increase my, my movie flow. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, so I've watched five films so far and most of them have been pretty bad. Um, <laughs> A lot of erotic Asian cinema uh, is available. And I thought it'd be funny to, yeah, let's watch a whole bunch of that stuff. And it's <laughs> just not that good. Um, so, it's funny for us, not as quite as funny for you. No, but. no, because right now I'm like, I'm kind of dreading watching some because I'm like, yeah. oh, this is going to suck. And like how many awesome movies that has the letter U to start the film will be on this service? Right. Um, well, I found one, I think. <laughs> hmm. And I had actually to, I had to cheat. On one film, because there was no film that started with the letter X at all. Oh, okay. So I replaced that with a film that started with a number. So oh, I don't double call. up on a letter. Yeah. Uh, which that film was horrible. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's it's bad stuff. And I've noticed well, one film I wanted to watch uh, for the letter V um, is called, a movie called Vital. It's a, it's a, I believe it's a Japanese film. And I like the idea of it. So... A guy and a girl, okay? They're driving, car accident. Girl dies, guy gets amnesia. Guy gets over girl's death. He enrolls into medical school. He's in an autopsy class and realizes that the, uh, the cadaver that he's working on is the girl's body. So it's his ex-girlfriend's, but he doesn't remember her because of the accident. Um, hmm. That sounds kind of awesome. Yeah. So I start the film and they have it with fucking commentary. Oh. 
was like, they don't have it without it? No. And there was no option to turn off commentaries. So I'm like, I'm not going to watch a film I've never seen, which I want to see with commentary. Right. Yeah, so, that's stupid. So, okay. So, spoiler alert. I had to watch a movie called fucking Vampires. V-M-P-Y-E-R-E-S. And okay. it's a remake of a 1973 Euro film, Vampires. So, mm. it's pretty much just two vampire chicks that get naked and drink blood and like bathe in blood for like 85 minutes it fucking sucked spoiler <laughs> sorry it fucking sucked oh, i'm kind of i'm kind of kicking myself because i didn't want or i should say i didn't need to do this specific challenge but i thought it'd be mm-hmm. fun <laughs> it's not fun but again, <laughs> I, I i'm i'm in like the the shitty letters you know the z's yeah. the w's the x's it's mm-hmm. gonna get better another spoiler alert when it comes to s there's a movie called super van the box uh, art looks like awesome. Oh, probably. Those that are more into the, these cult films, I'm sure they have. Yeah. I've never seen it. I had never heard of it before. I think it's about a guy who fights crime with a van. I honestly don't know, but I want to watch it. So I'm going to. Oh, I'm looking to, at it. It does look fantastic, and yeah. it's not what I thought it was, but it looks so fucking great. I just need to get to that letter. So I have yeah. to get over the suck to get to the good. So mm-hmm. right now, I'm really in the suck. Now, r- okay, remind me real quick, because you probably said at the beginning, but I, I might have missed it. Are you forcing yourself to use this one service for this entire alphabet? Yes, it's self-imposed okay. by myself. Uh, okay. I thought it would be fun because I'm thinking, you know what? People lament that Netflix doesn't have enough horror and stuff. Yeah. Um, which I have to kind of differ on that comment, mm-hmm. opinion. I find Netflix is a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, but I thought I'd do something that's, you know, not – that's a little different because mm-hmm. I don't want to yeah, like I don't want to do reviews and watch films that every other, every other podcast will do. So right. you know, I'm thinking if I go a little niche on this segment, it'd be kind of fun because it's a bit out of my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so so far, not that fun. But <laughs> you know, again, I'm going through like shitty films, so right. it, it's going to get better. And Midnight Pulp has some great movies. But one, I'm forced to go by the letter that the, the film starts, and two, um, I have to buy, I have to watch stuff that I don't own or that's on order. Defeats the purpose because if I got a movie, like they have a lot of Arrow films, and I placed a few orders for Arrow films, I'm not gonna watch the streaming version when I when I'm gonna get the awesome Blu-ray edition down the line. Right. So, so that said, um, so my, my, uh, A to Z challenge, which sounded like a no brainer when we talked about it off the top of my head. Um, so I've done one segment and I'm just taking out the, cal- uh, the calculator. So alphabet, uh, times six and I can't find the fucking times six. And that gives me 27,000. That is incorrect. Holy <laughs> 27. Math is weird in Canada. Times Six. There we go. Canadian math. That takes two movies. And so far, I've watched... Um, I'm at 32. <laughs> okay. And how so, many should you be a quarter of the way in? Uh, well, a quarter of the way in, if I want to divide that, i got to find a divide button on this fucking Mac computer. Um, divide by should four. should be 39 films in. It says 24. That makes no fucking sense. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, I, I feel I'm a bit behind because I'm thinking two summertime's going to hit... I'm going to be maybe a little more outside or a little more drunker because of patios. Right. Um, so I should be kind of ahead. So I start off really strong and I'm kind of slowing down a bit. Mm-hmm. But also I'm doing that, I did that uh, podcast backlog, which took oh, a few right. weeks. Yeah. I thought I'd have that banged out within two weeks and it took almost a whole month of March. Hmm. So, But, you know, I had a lot of films on back on backlog that I wanted to watch. 
Okay. So, you know, so really, I watch a sh- I think, according to my last letterbox email, I was at 97 last week. So I've watched over 100 movies already this year. Wow. And we're only a quarter of the way in. So that's Crazy. a shit ton. Yeah, it is. Compared to what I'm usually used to, right? So I've watched a lot, just not enough going towards my challenge. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I feel a bit of I'm, – I'm a bit behind. Um, but I am having fun. I, I am kind of bitching a bit about shitty films. Um, because after a while, if you're watching back-to-back shitty films, you know, it's just – it's not fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I'm enjoying the podcast so that I can watch – you know, movies that we're going to discuss and not just swallow my own filth in these shitty Euro sleeves slash Asian pinku films, <laughs> which again, will come back uh, next week. I think I've got one more review to, to post and then it's going to be the uh, second leg of the challenge. So uh, if you're excited to find out what I'm watching, just wait and see. Hell yeah. Yeah. And how about you? How are you doing with your challenges? Uh, pretty well. So, um, I, obviously, I had, I had six. Uh, one of them is just not going to happen, and that was learn to play at least one song on the guitar because I am terrible, and uh, it was just too expensive, so I've stopped uh, paying for the lessons. Um, but I do want to get back to it on my own time. I just haven't done so yet. Okay. Uh, so, I don't think that one's probably going to be achieved this year, but I think the rest could. So. Um, release at least 41 podcast episodes. We're right on track. That'll be uh, easily done, assuming that everything goes according to plan for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to at least 26 full previously unheard albums. I've already completed that one, done all 26. And now I found oh, that- I thought it was 26 a month. 26 a month? Oh, yeah, man. Come on, man. But yeah, and so like I find that I- it, even though the challenge is done, I find myself listening to full albums as opposed to going to like Pandora or something along those sure. lines where it just plays one song. Um, just so that I I'll enjoy that more. Um, I watch at least 52 unwatched Blu-rays or DVDs from my collection. That one I am on 18 of 52. That shouldn't be a problem. Okay. Um, just even if we just, you know, continue with the podcast, I imagine there wouldn't be a problem just using those films. Mm-hmm. Um, read 25 or uh, beat at least five video games. I actually have beaten one, uh, so far this year. So I'm doing well there. Um, Which I one? ended up beating Day of the Tentacle remastered on the PS4. Oh, I have that. And actually I've got. The original uh, PC <laughs> version of the game. One oh, of the first okay. games I ever played, and I sucked at it because I was so young. Yeah, but uh, I yeah. used to, my grandma. I remember um, there was a garage sale going on across the street from her house with this uh, lady that I um, used to hang out at her house. And she's a real nice lady. Okay. Um, and she had a garage sale one day, and so my grandma ended up picking me up Maniac Mansion for the NES. Ooh! And she had like the poster with it and everything, and I don't have any idea how much she paid for it. Um, and so. I, she bought me that and I remember playing that all the time and it just like – it used to like scare me because I was so young when I was playing it and everything. Yeah. And uh, so I have very fond memories of this Maniac Mansion world and you can actually play Maniac Mansion, the original, in Day of Tentacle Remastered but I haven't gone back and done that yet. Okay. Um, but I definitely uh, definitely want to because I love Maniac Mansion and uh, Day of the Tentacle was was definitely good. Um the story was was fine, you know what I mean. It wasn't uh, anything groundbreaking, but it was fine. It was fun. I believe they're also re-releasing a Full Throttle, which was another Lucas Arts uh, Arts game. Uh, oh, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, I think it's coming out in June. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out. Um, so the last the last one I'll talk about the last of the six would be read twenty five uh, twenty six graphic novels 
um, or 130 issues, which is basically the equivalent. Okay. Um, and I actually just signed up. For, I haven't done anything up until a couple of days ago. I just signed up back up for Marvel Unlimited. Okay. Um, and so I have a whole long list of arcs I want to go through. I started reading um, an Avengers arc. It was like nine issues long from the 70s. And I started, I got like halfway through the book and I'm like, I just, I'm not enjoying this at all. Like, I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, at work today, I actually read, um, the night Gwen Stacy died. So from Amazing Spider-Man, I think it's like issue 121 and 122. With the jackal? Um, uh, no, Green Goblin oh, is I who kills Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Oh, the jackal is the guy who cloned Spider-Man. Never mind. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, and that was really, really good. And uh, now, uh, so my like introduction to Spider-Man was with, um, the yeah yes <laughs> Sam Raimi's uh, Spider-Man tr- trilogy Which and so good for the most part yeah absolutely uh, I don't actually think I've ever seen Spider-Man three now that I think about it but the f- I've seen to. the first one a bunch and uh, seen the second one as well but um and so I didn't realize that Gwen Stacy was kind of his first love and then it is uh, Mary Mary Jane right. Mary Jane Watson. Mary Jane, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, I was thinking Mary Beth, but okay, no, you're right, Mary Jane. And uh, so I never realized that, and so it didn't quite have the emotional impact that it would have had I read the previous 120 issues leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still a really well told story, uh, just in those two issues, and the art for it is really, really good. Like it's just beautiful, and especially on like the Marvel Unlimited. You know, um, like I was reading on my phone at work, just we're so fucking slow, and I'm so bored. Um, yeah. And so it's a kind of smaller platform um but it still looked really good there and it's kind of uh, you know you get close-up view of it and it looks really cool um and so i read those two stories and then i started reading so i'm two that was two issues and then i started reading the original 1982 wolverine that four issue run yeah um and i read the first issue of that which was really good um i didn't realize that the wolverine is an adaptation of that story and so like i already know I, I, yeah, like I recognized the story that was going and then, um, so I kind of know where it's going. Um, and I, I texted my, my buddy just to make sure that it was and yeah, it absolutely, it is. Um, and so I kind of know where it's going to go, but I, I don't know. It's still, well, again, the, the art's really good and everything. Well, so it's worth it. That's, that's when we go to the Japan, right? Yes. Okay, yep. I, I, I was thinking Logan for some stupid reason. I'm like, oh, oh okay. So, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, which I love the Wolverine. It's such a great movie. Um, and so, I mean, the 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 comic, at least the first issue, was like very similar to the to the movie. So, I mean, I'm sure it's probably going to be a pretty faithful, or I'm sure the movie rather was a pretty faithful adaptation of the um, of the original comic series. So, mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, so that's where I'm at now. Um, I plan on finishing Wolverine and then I'm going to move on to the next one. Uh, one I keep hearing about that I need to read is Hawkeye from like once they rebooted. So um, no, that yeah, uh, it's Hawkeye volume one. So I don't know, whatever. Okay. Um, but I hear that that's excellent. And so I think I might skip ahead because I have everything in order um, from like, you know, back in the seventies all the way through today and kind of the arcs I want to read. But this one I think would be separate. So I could probably read it without having to worry about that arc. Okay. Um, but, or that, you know, continuity being a problem. Yeah. And so I might skip ahead to that after, after I finish Wolverine, but we'll see. So I'm three issues of my, what the hell is my goal? 130 or whatever. Uh-huh. So 
Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, and so that's kind of my, my next step. And again, I'm only a quarter of the way in. So I'm sure I'm not going to have a problem meeting that goal as well. So I'm, I feel I'm feeling sitting pretty with my goals right now. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, I have a mild stress on mine. Like my left eye starts to twitch now. Just and a little again. bit? Yeah. Just when I think about it. So I try not to think about it. But then right. if I close my eyes and don't think about it, then I'm not watching <laughs> movies, which causes my right eye to twitch. So yeah. Yeah. I hear you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, moving away from our, our goal update, what um, what have you watched this past week or, or played, read, whatever that you want to talk about? Okay. A bit of everything here. Um, so. I finished the Scream series, at least season one. Okay. Um, I I thought the end was pretty – actually, you know what? I enjoyed the last few episodes. I really did. Um, I did think that the killer, um, which I can spoil since you guys talked about in, in earlier episodes, right? That's what I was going to say. Just make note, all of our listeners, there will be spoilers coming for Scream season one. So if you've not seen that, you probably want to skip ahead a few minutes. Yeah, and it's a few years ago. So yeah, so we find out that the killer at the end is the girl who's doing the podca- the murder podcast, which mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of uh, apparent from the beginning. I think I, I noted um, in my Facebook thread that uh, by episode four, I'm like, it's probably her and like the video game nerd, the guy who who works in that awesome video game slash comic book store, which yep. obviously I think every guy and some girls would want to work there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Randy, the Randy clone. How, how does that place make any money though? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I would love to open a boutique like that, but I'm not paying the bills. You know, it's like right. this podcast. I'm losing $40 left and right. You know, like, <laughs> it's not going to work. Um, yeah, so I thought the, the podcast girl was quite apparent that she was going to be the killer. Okay. Um, and then you find out at the end, too, like, again, I also ex- thought because it's Scream, there'd be two people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, one and two had two people, but did three and four have two people? I, I don't um, remember. I hate Scream 3. Four did, absolutely. Three, I don't, I don't believe it did, actually. I, don't think so. I think it was just the guy, yeah, or the girl, whichever. So it's one, two, and four that have two killers. Yeah. I'd have to watch four again. I don't remember, even remember who the killers are. I just remember that movie. Yeah, was four. The first. No, four definitely did. And I could tell it you, did. I just, I don't want to spoil it, I guess. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, we find out that maybe there is a killer. Maybe it's a red herring for season two. Did you mm-hmm. watch season two? For the no, podcast? I have not yet. Okay. So season one ends with, you know, the podcast girl, she's dead. Mm-hmm. And then. Again, thinking there'd be a second person because it makes sense. It would be a second person the way the story uh, un- uh, unfolded. Um, and you just see the the girl who lost her girlfriend, I guess the Bicurious girl, and she's burning letters to the podcaster. Yeah. Um, again, is it correspondence about let's, you know, destroy this town? But th- that doesn't really make any sense because, you know, she killed a, the girl that she was that she liked. So... Is it just coincidence that it was her and she's burning evidence that they were corresponding ahead of time, even though maybe she didn't know she was corresponding to a killer? I don't know. Um, so I personally think the the second killer hasn't been revealed yet. I just think that that end scene was like a red herring to to propulse the uh, the second season. Yeah. So yeah, so I finished that. Uh, my next, well, I'm working nights tomorrow night, so I'm gonna have some time to watch some stuff on my Netflix. Um, and I so, think, 
Uh, before before we move on this one, just yeah. commenting on your thoughts. I think I feel like we had a very similar uh, impression of the series, you and I, um, because. But I think overall, I think you maybe ended up liking it more, and I think that could be because of the way you consumed it. Like we talked about in the past, like I had to wait a week. Yeah, wait a week in between each of these, and then we were talking about every, you know, um, where and then our conc- basically the general consensus was this would be better as a series binge watched, which I know you didn't really binge watch it, but well, you know, what? definitely watched it quicker than what we had to, you know, over the I, nine, ten weeks, whatever it was. Yeah, I, I pretty much watched the whole season about three or four sittings, like more or less. Okay, uh, yeah, and I'm sure I, I would have enjoyed would, it more. You know what? Yeah, probably. Um, if it was, if I had to wait every week to watch an episode, mm-hmm. I probably would have dropped the show. Yeah, uh, but yeah, since the reason I, I didn't was because of the podcast. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, sometimes you have to make sacrifices, you know. Exactly. Um, the, the things we do, man. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, and you're welcome, <laughs> folks. Oh, right. <laughs> just say, hey, I don't need the forty bucks. Oh it's man. A, it's okay, man. Reinvest in yourselves. That's you right. Know? Hey, how about that pair of jeans you're eyeing, Mark? I'm like, yeah, you know what? I mean, I'll do it for bucks. Thanks, bro. You know, whatever. Or or chicky baby, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the finished scream, um, liked, didn't love. Um, yeah. And I think I, I kind of enjoyed the last three, maybe the last couple episodes a good deal, but I don't, I don't remember liking the reveal of the killer. I don't know that I guessed the guess the identity i may have yeah. i don't remember it feels like it feels like a lifetime ago frankly um yeah. back on episode what that it was like episode in the teens so i mean it was quite a while ago mm-hmm. but um yeah it just it what you're saying kind of reminds me of my thoughts and i know basically the, the questions we didn't give it a star rating the question okay. that we asked for our first couple series that we went through was is this series worth worth watching and i know at the time i said no and chris said no ash said yes um yeah. and so i feel like you would probably fall under the yes category it sounds like i would you know let, let's yeah. say you know if the question was would you buy this series on on dvd or blu-ray i'd, I'd say no i wouldn't no. buy it yeah. But since it's available for free on Netflix with your subscription, exactly, um, then yeah, I would watch it. You know, mm-hmm. again, I'm watching this at like three or four o'clock in the morning. Do I want something really, you know, um, thought provoking at this time? Right. Not really. Um, again, I wasn't surprised by the killer at the end. So like the ending wasn't shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was someone that wasn't familiar with the tropes of the genre, maybe I would have, you know? Yeah. Um, but as. I- I would I would consider myself a pretty seasoned veteran of horror movies just because I I feel I've watched a lot. Have mm-hmm. I watched them all? Heck no, it's impossible. But uh, I've got a good sprinkling of like you know different different types and whatnot. Um, yeah, it was it was okay. You know, it's 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 a teen horror flick or yeah. series. You know, and my and that- my Brooke didn't die, so yay. I know, exactly. And that's interesting that you bring that up as well. But I think that's kind of a discussion I want to say for uh, when we talk about Cherry Falls is just the um, being able to guess killers at the end of slasher films. But we'll we'll talk yeah. about that when we get to Cherry Falls. Yeah, I look forward to talking about Cherry Falls. Yeah. A lot. So, teaser. Um, so, <laughs> moving on, um, a few things. Uh, you know, a few cool things here. Um so I have a buddy uh, that I used to work with in Winnipeg. His name is Ty. And of all the freaking places in the world he wanted to go travel, he picked North Korea. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. So uh, knowing I'm a big movie fan, 
he brought me back and he mailed me a Korean film uh, called Hong Kill Dong. Um, <laughs> I love it already. And it looks like a, a crouching tiger, uh, hidden dragon style film. So oh, that okay. type of like, is it called Wushu, uh, that genre where they're like flying from tree to tree with swords and stuff? Oh boy, I don't, um, I've never heard that term. If the it is, only English on the, on the, um, on the disc or on the back of the case is Kildong, born of a concubine, is called Flutist. What fate <laughs> is in store for him? The Question fuck? mark. That's it. So he bought this for me and he also, for some reason, the producer of the movie signed the DVD case. Which hmm. I think is awesome. So I've got a signed North Korean um, martial arts film. So I have not watched it yet. I'm going to save it for my uh, challenge when I hit uh, DVDs, which will be the next leg. And I'm going to check this out. So thank you very much, Ty. And uh, I will let you know um, when I do watch it so that you can download the episode. But uh, yeah, Hong Kil Dong. So I think that's very cool. Um, absolutely. It sounds amazing. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. So, you know, if you like Crouching Tiger and Pai Mei from, uh, Kill Bill, I think you'll like this movie. So that is on my, uh, that's on my to watch pile now. And I'll have a picture of that, uh, next week or I guess this Saturday on my media movies for the week. Um, apart from that, I got a few other cool things. So, as you might have, uh, re- uh, you know, listened to previous uh, podcasts, I'm done with the WWE. <laughs> I just, yes, I don't care about WWE anymore. Like this WrestleMania, I honestly don't, I don't care. Like I want to watch it because it's going to be fun to watch with people. I'm going to get drunk, not super drunk, just, you know, fun drunk mm-hmm. and watch, and I'll watch WrestleMania because it is the ultimate thrill ride. <laughs> um, but I'm a wrestling <laughs> fan. I just don't like WWE. So, I was uh, watching a movie off of Midnight Pulp, and I was bored enough that I was able to uh, talk to a buddy on uh, Messenger at the same time. Uh, his name is Bort, and he told me about High Spots. Uh, they, oh, yeah. Yeah, the High Spots. Sh- <laughs> I used to buy DVDs from these guys. Yep, exactly, oh. as I was say, yeah. They now have a wrestling network on Roku. It's $9.99 no a month. Shit. Yes, shit. And it's got all kinds of indie wrestling uh, promotions, um, eye pay-per-views. It's got a shit ton of shoot videos. Um, It's also got – and this is the reason why I bought it. So, Kevin Owens, before became Kevin Owens, Mm -hmm. he was Kevin Steen. Kevin Steen, yep. And he's got a show – or I guess he did like 26 episodes of the Kevin Steen show. So, it's pretty much a two-hour shoot video where he's the host. He goes on an indie wrestler's Wikipedia and interviews the wrestler for, like, two hours. Wow. And it's, like, swearing and it's, like, it's, you know, dirt sheets and it's hilarious. I've watched one so far with Johnny Gargano, which was recorded around WrestleMania 30. So, it's right before Owens or Steen jumped to NXT. Yeah. I guess it was finishing his, his commitment. And this is before Gargano even, like, he was the Dragon Gate, or he, I think he had just lost his Dragon Gate USA uh, championship, which he held the title for over, I think, almost two and a half years. Hmm. Um, so there's a bunch of stuff here. I've only grazed the network so far. Yeah. Uh, because I can't watch it at work, uh, because there's no Wi Fi. <laughs> oh, okay. So I've watched a few shoot things, uh, at home and, uh, it's awesome. 
It's actually <laughs> ten bucks a month. It's yeah, it's nine ninety nine. So with my exchange okay. rate, it's costing me like thirteen bucks Canadian. Gotcha. Whatever. But there's a shit ton of content. So if you're a wrestling fan and you like wrestling, but you don't like the WWE right now, um, they have all the up and coming like WWE stars that like I watched a match. Uh, it was Gargano versus Cedric Alexander. Um, if it wasn't for the C or the uh, Cruiserweight Championship uh, last year, I wouldn't have known who Cedric Alexander was. It was right. a fucking awesome match. So there's like uh, other TV shows too. I guess uh, Rockstar Spud, he's a uh, an indie guy. He has like his own little like Kevin Steen shoot interview thing. Hmm. Um, there's another show called Best Friends with Chuck and Trent, uh, Chuck Trailer, and I think it's Trent Trent Acid. I don't know for sure exactly. Not familiar with him. Trent Asset is a – yeah, he's a wrestler. I think he's actually a deceased wrestler, unfortunately. Yeah, so it's right. probably not him then unless okay. it's like Swiss Army Man and he can talk again. Oh. <laughs> Which I posted about yeah, on Instagram. If you could, Have you seen Swiss Army Man? I've not, no. Dude, it's good. Yeah. It's really good. It's awesome. better than I expected. Um, yeah, anyways. Yeah, so this so, – uh, so High Spots Wrestling Network. Um, apparently, there's an app. On Apple TV, um, it says here uh, from an iOS device, Apple TV, even Chromecast. Well, I'm on the Roku, and they've got their dedicated channel. So uh, I think it's worth it. Um, some really cool stuff. So I told myself, yeah, I don't have enough time to watch wrestling, but I got this. Because I, I just mm-hmm. like shoot stuff. I like backstage stuff a lot. Yeah. Um, and now that they've got all these really cool indie shows, and some of the wrestlers that wrestle uh, for C4 – which is a local promotion in Ottawa. They've got stuff from other promotions on there too. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. I see these guys live and now I can watch them on my TV on top yeah. of what I bought from their promotion. So I think Absolutely. it's really neato. So I bought, so I subscribed to that. Um, I don't know how long see, I'm going to keep it, but yeah, you know, uh, that's I'll interesting. I love sure. that. I love that high spots kind of evolved because I, I, before even buying DVDs, I used to buy VHS tapes from there. Like that's how I watched the, uh, infamous, uh, a deathmatch tournament from what, like 2005, I think, between which the main event is Terry Funk versus Cactus Jack and that deathmatch. Oh, is that even, no, it's, 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 gotta be, even like, it's gotta be 95, right? Yeah, that's, that's like mid 90s. Yeah. Yeah, 95. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a fucking wonderful tournament and like, I don't know. And so like that, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they've evolved, you know, and now they're in the streaming business. Very cool. Like, what a, what a cool channel. I, it sounds like. It's, um, it's very cool, and they've got like they've got PWG mat, uh, shows. Yeah, they've got AEW, Big Time Wrestling. They, oh, they got a whole bunch of ECW fan cams, which is ECW okay. house shows. Wow, uh, Full Impact Pro, um, a whole bunch of indie yeah. IWA South. I wish that they had Shimmer or more women's wrestling. Oh yeah. Uh, Again, maybe there are more women's wrestling stuff like in the shows themselves, which I'm mm-hmm. sure they've got their matches, but like. I don't have Shimmer. Um, I would love to watch like an all-female wrestling league because I find mm-hmm. women wrestling awesome right now. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, there's, there's – oh, man, there's so many events on here. Um, I think it's, no, it's I, worth – and they keep adding more, you know, as you go on. So That's cool. Now, are you a fan of um, like the hardcore wrestling like like you'd get in like CZW and like with those death matches and things like that? Or do you no. prefer – I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not. I okay. watch a hardcore wrestling. Like, and CCW is part of this as well. So you get like, mm-hmm. like, like, you've got recent CCW shows. I'm looking right now. They've got the most recent one is CCW Proving Grounds from 2017. 
I'm not sure. I didn't even when. realize they were still a promotion. Like oh, I, yeah. I didn't oh, realize yeah. they were still around. Well, hmm. the C4 promotion in Ottawa, they bring in a lot of CCW guys. Oh, um, okay. It doesn't say. Oh, this was released on the 15th of March of this year. So okay. they got some like up to date stuff, which is cool. And this event's almost three, uh, two and a half hours long. It's just shy of, uh, of uh, two and a half hours. That's um, awesome. But yeah, so yeah, I'm not a big fan of of death matches. Okay. Um, but that said, I, I, if everything goes well, I might go to their CCW Deathmatch tournament in June. Oh man, where is it? Uh, it's in Delaware. Um, oh geez, okay. Only that's problem, it falls on Melissa's birthday. Oh now, man, she's given me the okay. Yeah, um, I still haven't booked anything yet. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, awesome. uh, I would like to go just to say I've been to a, t- a deathmatch tournament. Right, you know, and it's, it's outside, like, and you can bring your own cooler. So I'll be hammered and whatever. Yeah. But so I know it, people. I know a lot of people that just don't like that. You know what the garbage wrestling is. You often hear it referred to now, but. I just, that's like, I love, that's kind of like what I was watching after, you know, I watched like, you know, the early, uh, in the nineties, I was watching, you know, a lot of like the old WrestleManias from the eighties and, and those events. And like, I loved Hulk Hogan, you know, and all that. And then I kind of switched over to watching more of the like death matches and watching, you know, I loved ECW whenever I would go to my uncle's house, which I was probably way too young to be watching stuff like that. But, (laughs) you know, I loved all of that. And then I started, found out high spots and started getting VHS tapes and watching a bunch of different death matches there with promotions that I I couldn't even tell you their names anymore. Uh, And so I just, I love that shit. And uh, then obviously I got, you know, sucked into the attitude era and that's kind of where wrestling was my religion at that point. You know, I was just obsessed with everything wrestling and watching as much as I could. Yeah. Um, And like you, I just, I'm done. Like I'm sick. Royal Rumble was it. I have not watched an episode of Raw or SmackDown since the Royal Rumble. Um, I think, what was the event after Royal Rumble? Money in the Bank, right? Uh, No, after the Rumble, it was, uh, was it Elimination Chamber. Elimination Chamber, yeah. I watched Elimination Chamber and just was not thrilled with that at all and i just haven't watched anything since and i have zero plans on watching wrestlemania on sunday evening i just i don't care but that said i still have the network and i'm still keeping the network because i watch old shit all the time like whenever i'm i could be editing the podcast i could be writing a review i could be doing anything i have my computer on in front of me some doing something I've been watching through, which I didn't write this down in my week in media, so I'll just talk about it now. I've been watching through old WrestleManias. I, got, I skipped WrestleMania 1 because I used to watch that a ton as a kid. And frankly, it's 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 uh, important for it's the history, it, yeah. but it is very slow. And so yeah. I just wanted to move on. So I skipped WrestleMania 1, but I watched all of WrestleMania 2, 3, and 4. And now I'm like halfway through WrestleMania 5. You know, the, the mega powers collide. And so that's yes. where I'm at now. Hogan versus um, Savage. It's going to be the main event. So... Um, yeah, but you know, I just, I love, I love the old shit and, and watching that. Um, and man, I didn't realize I, I'd, I'd forgotten, I guess. Yeah. Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura have been the two hosts of WrestleMania 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. I don't know how long they go, um, but they are excellent. And I was mm-hmm. reading or watching something that was talking about how terrified, um, uh, Ventura was. On, at the taping of WrestleMania one, when it, it, literally Monsoon is like holding him up by his coat when they start WrestleMania one because he's so nervous. Because up to that point, he could be edited to sound like he's you know doing a better job than he might be. Oh, 
And so it was live. And so he was terrified, like could barely stand up. So gorillas literally like holding him up by the, by the collar, so to speak. And WrestleMania won. And then he just falls into it. And by the end, he's fine. And then he obviously they go on to just be one of the best duos I've seen. I've heard. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously as an attitude era baby. JR and and the King, you know, are always my numero uno. Um, but man, they do an excellent, excellent job. And See, uh, I go ahead. I, I've never, I've never really. I'll be honest. I've never been a huge fan of JR or okay. the King. I've oh, always been no. a Ventura guy because I just loved his voice. So I do like him, awesome. I've also liked uh, Bobby the Brain. When he yep. uh, when he commentated, it, um, oh, the other th- yeah. Speaking of Bobby the Brain, the other thing I'm realizing is how everyone is so correct in saying how he's just the best manager of all time. Who the fuck didn't that guy manage and manage well? <laughs> he's been all yeah. over the first five WrestleManias, just managing fucking everybody in various it's times, and he's hilarious. Like he's so good, man. It just blows my yeah. mind. Yeah, no, but, the art of the manager is really gone now. You know, <laughs> yeah, you've oh, got yeah. the odd valet. Like, how many valets are in uh, are in in wrestling these days? You've got Lana for the girls, yeah, and for uh, for managers, you've got um, you've got uh, uh, shit um, from ECW. Jesus Christ, um, Paul Heyman. Oh, right, yeah, exactly. And that's that's pretty much it. Like, yeah. there there are no managers anymore, and which is too bad because some people can't talk on the mic. Exactly. Um, I was reading on Reddit. I guess they were talking about the Raw on Monday and how Bailey sucks on the mic. Oh, she should have a man. Like you can do face managers. Not right. all the managers have to be heels. You can have a good guy manager. She should have a good guy manager. Yeah. Or valet or whatever. You know, because she she's an awesome wrestler. She's got a great look, but her mic skills suck. Some people just can't talk on the mic. You know. Right. Yeah. Like look at the. The guy who's going to get released soon uh, from uh, the Un-Americans, um, Jack. I know we the people. Uh, oh, Jack name? Swagger. Jack Swagger. You yeah. know, I I think that lisp really hurt him because he can't yeah. cut a good promo. Mm-hmm. So when he when he was with Zeb Coulter, you know, the guy with the with the crazy mustache, yep. that mm-hmm. really worked for him. You know, right. but then as soon as he split that up, he lost his push. Yeah, and, exactly. And he was, and you forget. He was uh, – I wasn't watching wrestling at the time. Yeah, I know. He was a champion for a while. And look at him now, you know? Yeah. So it's too bad. I think too like Cesaro, when he was with Tyson Kidd and they had Natty as their valet, mm-hmm. so much better because, yeah. you know, he talked a bit. But Natty, you know, had like one of the final words, you know? Right. Um, like he doesn't have to talk if, he, if there's a manager. And some sometimes, you know, you don't need to. Just let somebody else be your mouthpiece. Right. Yeah, well, see, that, this is my soapbox. If if we had all the time in the world and could just podcast forever, I, w- yeah. I would love to go through a wrestling series. Actually, one I was really I would love to do is Lucha Underground because it ju- it hit Netflix season one and season two, and I would adore going through episode by episode and talking about it because there's I searched for one because I wanted to listen to a podcast as I start watching through this. And there's not really yeah. anything that started from the beginning. There's some that start later in like, you know, season two and whatnot. But man, I would love to like do that. But obviously it's just well, not something we have time for. But man, it'd be a fun. a lot of episodes too. Like season one has got like 50 some episodes. Uh, I'm only on episode five right now. Yeah. Uh, I think I just started episode six, but uh, I'm really digging it. I like the backstage vignettes instead of like backstage interview. It's a filmed <laughs> yeah. like scene, like it's a, it's a scene, you know. Yeah. Um, which I dig. It's it's different. 
Um, but the guys who are behind Survivor that you know are, are producing the film or the, right. the show, um, I think the wrestling is awesome, and I like the fact that you know it's man versus woman versus mm-hmm. mini, anything goes. Yeah. How far are you in the show? I, I just started, so I'm I'm just on episode one still. Okay, a few episodes in, I think it's like episode three or four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Conan brings in three guys. And okay. It's like Pentagon. Uh, I think it's he's called Pentagon Dark now. Um, oh. Another guy that looks like a fucking lucha dragon. I forget his name. And mm-hmm. there's a third guy that actually looks like a dragon. Like he's got this really cool outfit, and he's got oh, like nice. this like this gelatinous black tongue that he flicks. It looks so cool. <laughs> That's but awesome. I dig the production values and like and oh man the 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 female wrestlers and like there's a valet called uh, Evilise I believe and she's uh, she's valeting. Um, Son of Havoc, which is, uh, I think, Mad Dog 20 uh, on the indie scene. Oh, Mad okay. Cross. Oh, she's like, oh, so gorgeous. And there's another girl, Sexy Star, that, oh, killer. She's so good. <laughs> Anyways, yes. Enough for the wrestling. This is a movie podcast. Um, I know. We are, that's, this is what happened when Ash is in here. We get off topic and start talking wrestling like idiots. I know. We need your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so I'll so continue on. Yeah. Okay. I got a few more things here. Um, so I went to the movies twice. Um, yesterday I was able to get a sneak peek, uh, due to Elevation Pictures. I was able to see The Zookeeper's Wife, which, uh, releases on the 31st, which is, uh, if you're listening to the podcast on Friday, today. Um, I saw it on Wednesday and it's uh, apparently it's based on a true story on a couple who owned the Warsaw Zoo in Austria. And uh, during the German invasion, their zoo got shut down. And then they used the zoo as a waypoint to smuggle Jews out of Austria. Mm. Because they were living in a uh, in a ghetto that was uh, bordered um, by uh, Nazi forces. And then eventually sent to concentration camps. So they were able to uh, smuggle... Um, spoiler alert, it's history. But they, <laughs> they were part of the war effort to uh, help smuggle Jews to safety. Um, I wasn't aware of this story. Uh, I thought it was really good. Um, it stars uh, Jessica Chastain. She was in like Zero Dark Thirty. I think she's in The Help as well. I've never seen it. She's in The Martian, which I really dug. I think and, she uh, directed uh, Zero Dark. It also, didn't she? No, no, that was the ex-wife of uh, James Cameron. I think. Oh, Catherine okay. Bigelow, I think. Oh, yep, you're absolutely right. Yeah, the who yes. did um, Near Dark. Yep, I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. And uh, she's also in a movie which I want to watch, which I'll probably, hopefully, if I can watch it on one of my uh, legs uh, of the challenge, uh, Mama. Uh, she was in Mama that was produced, I believe, by Del Toro. Yeah, I think you're so, right. Yep. Yeah. And I don't want to be all like, oh, Mark's all about the boobs, but you get a flash of her boob early in the movie, <laughs> um, which kind of yeah. surprised me. And again, and she's, oh, fuck, I forgot about this. She is awesome in Crimson Peak. Like, she's fucking fantastic I in Crimson Peak. I still need to Peak. see that. Oh, dude, it's good. It's it just even for the visuals, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um. So I really like Jessica Chastain. Uh, Chastain, pardon me. Um. So knowing that she was in this movie, awesome. Um. The film itself, again, really good. Um. It's it's a it's a drama. So it's not you're not going to get anything that uh, that really uh, would scream the Cinefictions podcast. But I just love film in general, and I'll watch practically anything. So this was uh. I wouldn't say fun to watch because it is a drama about the war and, you know, about, uh, you know, uh, the sacrifice or the, the, the slaughter, I should say, of Jewish people. So it's not a, it's a feel good movie in a way because, you know, uh, good prevails, obviously. Um, and oh, man, 
So you've seen Captain America 3, right? Civil War? Civil War, yes. Okay. So you know the guy – oh, is it Civil War? Is it Civil War? That's – yeah, that's the third Captain America yes. at least. Okay. okay. So you know the guy who plays Baron Zemmel who's also in um, – who's also in uh, uh, in, in Glorious Bastards? Uh, he plays who? I'm sorry. Daniel Bruhl. He plays um, Baron Zemo, the mastermind of uh, Captain America 3. Okay, yeah. And he's also the guy who's after uh, the girl in Glorious Bastards. Um, yeah. But, oh, yep. I know exactly who you're talking yeah. about. You know, you know the, the the sniper? Yep. So he shows up again in this film as the proprietor of the uh, zoo in Berlin and eventually becomes the Hitler's uh, uh, prime animal expert. So, so he becomes a Nazi and then, you know, takes advantage of the zoo and whatnot here. But I've only seen him in like – as bad guys, yeah, as like Nazi bad guys. I don't think Baron Zemo's a not a, a German. I think it was retconned in the film. I don't remember mm. because I think he's a Sokova resident. Anyways, but I've only seen him as like Nazis or Nazi-like characters. Yeah, um, and look at it as as IMDb right now, and I guess he's in the movie Rush, which I have not seen yet. But I'm like, ah, oh, okay, uh, Daniel Bruhl's in this movie, and he's got a creepy mustache. He's going to become a Nazi, and fair enough, he does. Which is really is no surprise to anybody. <laughs> um, but I, you know, if you like period pieces and if you like war films that doesn't deal with the war aspect, but more of the resistance, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was really good. So I really enjoyed that. Um, if I had to give a, a rating uh, out of four, I'd probably give it a three. And there's some really cool animal scenes because it's in a zoo and whatnot. And yeah, it's just a good film. So if you like, you know, movies like Schindler's List, you'll, you will like the zookeeper's wife. So that releases on the 31st of March. And uh, in Canada, it is uh, distributed by Elevation Pictures. I'm not sure if it's a different company in the States, but uh, that was in Canada. So thank you very much for that. And last one I want to talk about, which uh, will not be part of any other challenges or any other bullshit I do to myself. I saw the movie Life. Okay. With, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Jake uh, Gyllenhaal, and uh, I guess those are the two most well-known actors in the film. Mm-hmm. So, so this is based on. So, I call this a plausible science fiction horror space movie. Okay. Just because um, it's based off, uh, you know, they're in a space station. They get soil samples back from Mars. They discover life. And then, you know, stuff happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's almost like a plausible horror film where, the, you know, this could happen, maybe, <laughs> you know? Um, so, I really liked it. Um, it was – I wouldn't say it was super scary, but there's some really shitty deaths in this movie where I'm like, if that happened to me, that would be probably the one of the worst ways to die. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm not going to spoil any of it. Uh, but it's a horror movie, and you know, if you see the trailer, you know where it's heading. So whatever. Yeah. But it is totally worth checking out. I don't think it did very well at the box office on its first week. Oh um, no. No, it didn't. But mm. it's really good, and the ending is fuck. Like you're like, fuck me. Uh, it's really, good. it's really good. Uh, like I, I'm, I'm kind of like really smiling about this right now. Um, <laughs> and that be to my stuffy nose. I'm sure I sound very nasally, but. Uh, it's worth the check out. Um, it, like when I went on Tuesday, it was either that or I was going to go see the new Power Rangers movie. But because Power Rangers started late, I decided to go see this one instead. And uh, I'm glad I did. Power Rangers could wait till next week. This week, it's all about life. So <laughs> if you're looking for a space horror film, 
Go check it out. It's really good. Really good. Awesome. And that will end my week in... Oh, if we talk video games quickly, um, I've been playing that Mad Max PS4 yeah, game. Yeah, I, I saw you on that the other day. Yeah. Yeah, I've been... <sighs> it's long as fuck. From what yes. <laughs> I've been playing since December. Right. I think I'm halfway through the game. Because there's so many... Because I like to do side quests before I oh, finish okay. and go to the main quest. But, you know, I haven't... I'm not halfway through the territories that mm-hmm. I have to go through, and my guy's already maxed out. I've got a oh, shit ton really? of money, and my car's pretty boss already. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it's fun. It's very repetitive, though. Yeah. That's the only shitty thing. And sometimes I get kind of, like, uh, car sick when I uh, when I play some games, depending on, like, the point of view that it comes from, like, mm-hmm. first-person point of views. So I yeah, get dizzy sometimes. I remember yeah, so I can't play too often or for too long sometimes. Um so I've played this for a long time. I kind of want it to be over, mm-hmm. but I'm still enjoying it because it's a beautiful game. And again, I'm only halfway, almost halfway through. So yeah, it's still lots to go. And I want to platinum the game, but at the same time, I don't want to play this till next December. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, so on top of everything else, I've played some of that. So that's you, that's it. That's all. Do you play, Um, do you have the Borderlands, the handsome collection on PS4? No, because I've got okay. one and two for the PS3. Gotcha. So Do you have wanna... um, Destiny? One, yes, but I've deleted it. Oh, okay. I just, I just don't like it. Gotcha. Um, I, I don't want to grind, and I'm not a big multi, or like online person. So they meet and meet a party of six other people. Like my, a lot of my friends don't play video games either one at the same time as me or two the same games. Yeah. So I think the next big like, oh, all our horror buddies are going to get together to play horror games mm-hmm. is when Friday the Thirteenth comes out oh yeah absolutely um, a lot of us at ps4s i think we'll get together to play that but mm-hmm. apart from that i got pretty much my buddy paul who plays video games with me and because of my schedule it's once a month if if i'm lucky so mm-hmm. i prefer offline gaming um that's why i like mad max because there's really no online uh content um so yeah no, yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't really play those uh, those other games. I'm definitely an offline gamer myself, but I was just thinking, yeah, uh, one of those because I know um, Ash owns both of those. That's how I was thinking. It'd be fun if we get on there and uh, chat and and play all play together. I think it'd be a lot of fun. But oh um, yeah, if, if they have um, if they do online for like Borderlands on the PS3, I'll totally play that. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah and oh, I think I, I might have that because I think it was free with PS Plus at some point. Okay. I believe. I know the first one is because I own that one. I have that one yeah. on my PS3 right now, but I don't know about uh, about the second and one. But they're good games. I love. Like I platinum Borderlands one. Uh, oh really? I've not platinum. Not um, played them at all. I like Borderlands two a lot. I think the okay. humor is great. It's really <laughs> good. The humor in the first one's good. Number two is even better. And yeah. whenever three comes out, I'll probably buy three because it's a fun shooter. Very cool. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, so uh, myself, I mean, I have, I have, have like a whole fucking novel to go through. And one of the stuff I was talking about this week, but I'll try to go fast. Um, one I forgot to talk about last week. I actually watched Don John, um, the yeah. uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Scarlett Johansson, Julianne Moore film um, about the guy who's obsessed with porn. <laughs> um, yes, it was. Uh, it was decent enough, um, but wasn't really what I was expecting. I guess. 
the Jersey dialects that the characters use were pretty damn annoying. And, and Bridget absolutely hated that aspect of the film. Um, but otherwise, I thought it was fine. Uh, I kept me engaged the entire time. And I was really interested to see like how it would play out, where it would go, what story they were actually trying to tell. Um, and, and that story they're telling is pretty good. The moral it's trying to teach is is really well told. Um, but for some reason, I just wasn't uh, wasn't connecting with it as much as I hoped I would or thought I would, I guess. Um, and so I ended up giving that one two and a half stars. Um, so, Mark, have you seen Don John? No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, just because I'm like, what would I watch a movie about my life? <laughs> 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 oh man yeah i honestly didn't think uh we were gonna get through it because bridget was just not liking it uh that was actually one that we were at one of the hotels for the horror convention uh we ended up watching that but we made it through and it i thought it was it was decent. Look good yeah, yeah it just to I, me i love joseph gordon levitt but uh it okay. just yeah it wasn't uh wasn't what i thought it was gonna be i guess but it was yeah. it was fine does she get naked in the movie scarlett johansson yeah no that's a shame I know. I like to see a movie where she's naked that I actually do like the movie because I, I still <laughs> hate it under, your, under the skin. Under your skin, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, she is just, I mean, one of the most beautiful people on the planet though. My she's God. She's pretty. She's pretty pretty. Yeah. Um, so we, then we ended up watching uh, the despecialized edition of the original Star Wars the other night. Um, I realized I started my uh, series review of this like five months ago and I never finished it. So I figured, well, we better start, you know, trying to get through the rest of these here. Um, and I won't really talk about the movie because I, you know, wrote a review on it. So that'll come when I finish the series review. But um, yeah. the despecialized edition. So I want to talk about that a little bit. So if, if you don't know, so technically this is a bootleg copy of the film, which. Obviously, we don't usually support on the show, but this is a unique situation. So if you don't know, um, someone online has reconstructed the original theatrical releases of the first three films um, using like the best available footage for each release and then combining them together to give you the original experience that George Lucas presented in cinemas before he went in and added a bunch of CGI for the special editions, hence the the title, the de-specialized editions. Um, And you can just Google it. I'm sure you won't have any problems finding them. Um, I know you can get... There's one for the, each of the original, you know, episode four, five, and six. Um, I The first one might be the only one where you'll be able to put it on Blu-ray or have mm-hmm. to put it on Blu-ray. I don't know because I have the original on Blu-ray and then five and six are just on DVDs. Um, but I do have them all ripped to, to disc and so I can watch them anytime. Um, but, you know, either way, I recommend these. Um, if you, you know, I, I'm not someone that loathes the special editions like some because I never saw them in theaters. You know what I mean? I never had that experience. And so yeah. I probably watched the uh, specialized editions before even knowing about, or before even seeing the theatrical editions. But, now, you know, given the choice, I would definitely watch these despecialized versions over the specialized editions, and I almost always do. Um, okay. So definitely check those out, at least until Disney comes to the realize that they can make another few million dollars off of the releasing the original cuts on Blu-ray, uh, which has been rumored to be happening for some time now, but I don't know if it's coming or when or anything. So well, the rumor came out, and then there was another rumor saying that it was never in the works to begin with. So oh, okay. who knows what's going on? But it but, doesn't make sense. I mean, the amount of money they could make—it it just seems so oh, obvious, to, you know. But whatever. everybody would be buying. I have these special editions, and I would gladly buy the original cut. You know? Yeah. I wish I, mean, I still had my THX VHS tapes. <laughs> yeah, actually, 
I bought, I was at Goodwill a couple years ago and they had the original Star Wars on uh, VHS. And so I ended up buying it. Um, but then I found these uh, despecialized editions and they're obviously better quality. So, um, And I guess I'm ignorant, but I've never, I don't think I, oh, that's not true. I was going to say, you don't really see too many bootleg Blu-rays these days. You know, it's still like just stuff on VHS, but uh, now that I look at my collection, I think I've got two or three. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes, that's something else. Uh, if anybody wants to uh, do a five-star review, I'll give you a bootleg copy of uh, Breaking <laughs> 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> that's it won't cost great. you a dime. I won't oh, cost you a dime. Man. I think it's from a German edition, so there might be English subtitles. I've never watched it, but I've got a legit version now. So I will throw that in, the 20 bucks. Hells yeah. Oh man, but definitely, uh, definitely, you know, Google those if you're interested in, in checking those out. Which again, don't normally su- you know support things like that, but this is such a different situation. It's really the only way you can get them at this point. So, um, if it's not available Disney, in any other yeah. way, then I have no problems. With that, yeah, you know? exactly. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I went back and I listened to an episode of the AXPS podcast, which is uh, the Armchair Philosopher podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hosted by the Screamcast host, Sean DeRegger. And, um, basically it's kind of a, uh, faith, uh, I guess, uh, I guess that's kind of the, the root of it. How it all started was, you know, him questioning his faith and, and going from there and kind of, uh, just a philosophy podcast. I don't know. It's interesting. I'm, I, I am not a religious person in the least, you know, uh, but I found this interesting in the episode I listened to had a paranormal investigator on there and he made mention of the fact that the show Ghost Adventures started as a film um, and then was made into the series. And so I've watched Ghost Adventures quite a bit in the past. Bridget and I always call it bro hunters because (laughs) the the guys on there are just total bros in like every sense of the word and the way they interact with each other. They're just all, you know, muscular and they have slicky, greased up hair. Uh, I don't know. They just – Yeah, exactly. Um, Mm. And frankly, that's kind of why I stopped stopped watching. So I just – they get – they're so – ugh. They're so bros. I just, I got sick of it. And so I had to, I just had to stop. Um, but, um, he talked about some of the findings in the film. And so I had to get it from Netflix. So we ended up watching that one earlier this week, or I guess it was last week now, but, um, and I have to say it was really good. Um, I mean, it's still, it's still, yeah, it's still bro hunters, but it's not quite as annoying as the show ends up being. It's kind of, uh, he looks like a normal human being as opposed to someone who's like been at the gym 24 hours a day. Um, and, their interactions are definitely still in that same vein, um, but it's for whatever reason it's just more toned down. Um, but it's, and it does a really good job of presenting some some compelling and frankly really creepy evidence of paranormal activity. Um, it's easy to see how they were able to get a series after this because uh, they're willing to do things that. Uh, you know, for example, like ghost hunters wouldn't like purposely antagonizing the spirits, um, being locked, literally locked down in places they're investigating and so on. Um, now, do I believe all this? Eh, I don't know. I'm not really sure, honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah. I'd be lying if I said I thought that what they presented here was completely fake because I don't, I don't, I don't, I just didn't feel like it was. Um, there are a couple of moments that genuinely freaked me out giving me goosebumps and just making me feel uncomfortable, you know, watching it in our dark house at night. Um, so whether you believe it or not, I don't think it really matters. It's, it's just plain fucking creepy, man. Um, and I really like this. So it's gotten us on another paranormal kick. So we just rented uh, ghost hunter season one on okay. DVD from Netflix. So 
I really like this. Uh, I'm going to probably start that. Um, probably, probably start that after record tonight, actually. Um, but that was one of the first things that Bridget and I started watching together when we started dating was, um, all these ghost hunting shows and ghost hunters was always our favorite. And so we're excited to kind of start from the beginning and work our way through. Um, but yeah, I ended up giving ghost adventures three stars. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And if you are into paranormal, uh, you know, at all into the paranormal, I definitely recommend that. You know, I love the paranormal, but I'm just not a fan of those shows. Yeah. You know, I just, it just was never a thing that was like much watch TV to me. So right. yeah, I never got into that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, and some people don't. I mean, Bridget and I, uh, we did like the shows and like uh, when we were living in West Virginia, we used to go to Gettysburg for a horror convention. We did that in a couple years in a row and we used to do like the, cause Gettysburg obviously known to be like a very haunted city because of the bat, civil war battles and whatnot. And uh, we did a couple um, like ghost hunting tours while we were there. And you never see anything, do anything because you're always with like a big tour group. But yeah. it's still fun. You know, it just – it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, it's just something that we enjoyed. But uh, So, last but not least, I did receive my vinegar syndrome purchases I made before I kind of started cutting back on my spending. Ooh, um, yes. I got uh, Taboo. The Taboo 2 and 3 double feature, Nightmare Sisters and Hobgoblins, all on Blu-ray for $15 each. Um, and the uh, – yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the Vestron set of Wishmaster collection, which just came out. I pre-ordered that, man, what, a couple months ago now, whenever you told me that it was on sale. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that one came in as well, so – um, yeah, I, I heard rumors that uh, Vestron was shutting down again. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing too. But they had a panel at um, the convention I was at, but it was on Sunday and so we didn't go to it. Now, okay. they didn't announce any new titles at the panel. Um, they did talk about some things that they were working on that they were having problems getting the rights for. I think like Horror High was one of them. Okay. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It just – it doesn't <laughs> – it doesn't sound good. Like they haven't announced a new title in quite a while and they have a panel and they don't announce anything? I mean uh, – And it's crazy too because like their titles have been selling like crazy. That's what now I was wondering. Have they? Well, I think – well, at least genre fans that I follow and like yeah. everybody's bought a copy of like Return of the Living Dead 3 and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, but now what sucks is that like, you know, at least in Canada, like I'm still paying I'm, – I'm buying through the U.S., because mm -hmm. I have access to a U.S. mailbox, so it's eco economical for me. Right. But, like, you go to Amazon.com and, like, uh, uh, Return of Living Dead 3 is, like, still $45 Canadian, which is ridiculous, plus tax and shipping. Um, but you go to, like, the U.S. Best Buy, and I think Best Buy had deals where, like, they were 15 bucks each, which kind of upsets me. That's a $30 price variance. That right. That makes no sense at all. And that's what sucks about collecting sometimes these like more boutique titles is that it's going to cost you a nominal leg for some, mm. for some films that, you know, to, to most aren't that good to begin with, you yeah, know? Exactly. But so far I've, I've enjoyed the, the releases, but, uh, you know, yeah. I'm not everybody. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I had to cheat a little bit, um, and I bought mm. something uh, yesterday. So Planet Earth 2 came out and it was released on 4K. Um, okay. and I have been recently watching through Planet Earth one the original on um, blu-ray and thinking man this would i wish this was in 4k and then i hear about this and that's like oh it's in 4k i was like oh perfect and i read a ton of reviews talking about just how insanely good it looks on 4k and so i ended up breaking down and i bought that one um i haven't put it on yet just ended up getting it late last night um and so if we don't watch ghost hunters we're probably going to watch that tonight at least an episode of it because i want to see how good it looks on how my season 4K. of uh of that oh, it, like a 4k tv series how much did that cost it was 
I'm going to say only, it was only $40. And I say only because it's six hours of content on 4K. And uh, I spent, I want to say I spent close to 60 bucks on the original Planet Earth on Blu-ray when it came out. You know what I mean? Because Well, the original came out when the Blu-ray kind of exploded. Yeah. When when I got my PS3, it was one of my first titles. Yeah. It looked amazing at the time. Oh, yeah. I know. And now, now. exactly. It looks good now, but it's like, oh, man, this would look so much better in 4K. (laughs) And so, yeah, I'm really excited. Super fucking excited to to get to that. I don't, I'm such, I don't know why. I just think it's the weirdest thing, but I love like nature documentaries like this. I I don't know what it is about them. I just, I find them enjoyable as hell. And so, (laughs) just a weird thing that I like. And so, I'm super stoked to finally, uh, see this in 4k so i'm really excited to get to that but and like what's good about the show like you know it's shot beautifully it got mm-hmm. some really sweet footage and like planet earth 2's got some killer footage um, yeah there was a viral video that uh, popped up a few months ago between was it between uh, a snake and something else oh uh, I, I, I know every time i can't i don't remember what it was but yeah. i remember hearing about it i don't know if i even saw it actually but i do remember hearing about it i think i think it was involved and it was such cool footage you know that yeah. these cameras now with their lenses they can zoom in so well right um and i've never watched a 4k program so i don't think i know what the hype is yet and yeah i honestly don't want to set foot in the store to know what it is yet, <laughs> right then i will be influenced um, by my inner demons who buy a 4K TV when exactly. I don't need one right now. So I know. I did buy mine on on uh, Black Friday, and I've only watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shell or whatever, out of the shadows, whatever the hell mm-hmm. it was. I've only seen that one on 4K. I haven't watched because basically all the 4K stuff on Netflix is, is going to be their original series, which I just haven't sat down and watched. Um, yeah. I did put on an episode of Sense8 and was just blown away by the intro. Um, if you've ever seen Sensei, they have this uh, cool intro that kind of uh, has like shots of cities around the world, which is basically what the whole fucking show is about. And okay. so just the opening sequence on 4K was mind blowing, but that was streaming and I don't have the fastest of, of internet connection. So I'm sure it's going to look even better oh. on this planet Earth. Uh, yeah. So. You pop in the 4K disc, it's going to look better than what's on Netflix. Yep. And yeah. I have a 4K movie because I had to buy Ghostbusters uh, Answer the Call in oh, 4K okay. to get the 3D version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do own a 4K film. I just don't have a 4K receptacle. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah but I'll wait. I don't want to get enticed. It's too early. Right. Exactly. I get seduced easy, dude. It's way oh, too I know. Easy, I hear you there. And then um, you keep giving the money away. How am I supposed to afford a television? I know. It's, it's very true. It's very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so real quick, wrapping up here, just on the gaming end, um, I ended up yeah. trading in like 17, 18 older games that I wasn't touching. Uh, and most of them were actually old sports titles where like I own the newer version of. Yeah. Um, and then some old Wii games that I didn't need. So I traded those in a GameStop, which I don't really shop at GameStop anymore. So this was the first time I actually used their services as opposed to just walking in there to kill time in quite a mm-hmm. while. Um, but I wanted to get the new Kingdom Hearts remaster on PlayStation 4 that came out Tuesday. Um, so I was able to grab that and GameStop was offering a 20% bonus, bonus trading credit if you put it toward a purchase of that. Um, and they offered just insanely more than Best Buy was going to offer me. So, which is where I normally shop now because I have gamers, the gamers club thing where you get 20% off new releases. Yeah. Um, so I grabbed the Kingdom Hearts. Uh, and then there was, there's this old collection on PS3. Um, it's Sonic's Ultimate Sega Collection and it yeah. has like 40 old Sega games. Yeah. So I used to own that back when and then I ended up getting rid of it for whatever stupid reason. Uh, but I had, a, I wanted to pick that up again. So I bought that again. Um, and then I had some money left over. And, um, there, 
I've been hearing so many good things and reading a bunch of good things about Horizon Zero Dawn for PS4. Yes. You, mm-hmm. Have you picked that one up? No, and I'm going to wait okay. just because oh, okay. I keep buying all these awesome AAA titles. Yeah. But since I can't play that often, mm-hmm. I don't get to them soon enough. And by the time yeah. I do get to play them, they're discounted half price. Yeah, exactly. So I want to play it. I know friends that are playing it and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I just it's on my it's on my list right now. But okay. it will be though. Yeah. Um, the only reason I picked it up is because I had the trading credit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I ended up, I wasn't going to renew my uh, my GameStop membership just because it's not really worth it to me anymore. But it was like, after all my trade and everything, it was like $3 of my credit. So I was like, yeah, give me another year of it, you know? And then yeah. I ended up, it ended up paying for itself <laughs> five minutes later because I had to leave that store and go to another GameStop, but they had Horizon used. And so it ended up paying okay. for itself right there. So I mean, it's a good thing I bought it. But um, so I grabbed that. And so, I mean, in all, that's like 45 games because you have 40 on the Sega collection. You have uh, four games and then like two like cinematics, basically updated cinematics yeah. on um, the Kingdom Hearts release. And then obviously Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I did start playing Horizon. I played about an hour uh, and it's it looks gorgeous and it's uh, it's really fun so far. But I've just really just gone through the tutorial. Um, and so I'm excited to get back to that. I just uh, last night I had to watch Cherry Fall, so I wasn't able to get to it. Um, but I'll definitely be playing that this weekend, so I'm excited. But yeah, it was Since a lot of fun. The 4K TV. Are you going to get the PS4 Pro? No, because I have the Xbox One S, and okay. so that has the 4K player in it, whereas the PS4 Pro doesn't, which is just the stupidest fucking thing in the world really? to me. Yeah, it doesn't have a 4K player, which I, it, oh. I, I just it still blows my mind. I don't understand why that is. Which is why. Can- I went with the with the uh, Xbox One S because my PS4 yeah. I think is going to die soon because it's just runs like a piece of shit and so I would I have do. rather have updated my Pro or to the Pro. Yeah, but. yeah. My PS4 too. Sometimes they won't read movies when I pop it. The oh, disc really? In. It's like I have to shut it down and start it up again for it to recognize there's actually a disc in the machine. I hate that. Um, yeah, it's weird. So it's a good streaming device, you know, right. and whatever games I download. But the drive, it's not responsive like my PS3. Like, I still use my PS3 as my main player. And that's mm-hmm. my main 3D player. Okay. Um, that, it's a PS3 fat. So it's like an old school, like 2008. So the machine's almost uh, 10 years old, you know, and it's running really well. That's funny because really my well. my fat, which is, I think it was a, a launch one because it has it's like backwards compatible to PS2. Um, it has died like the drive it won't it'll read dvds but it won't read blu-rays for whatever reason and so i have that one in my room and i just use it for streaming and then all the downloaded games and then obviously it's my ps2 um and then in my basement i bought another ps3 that i use for the ps3 games which actually i told this story so i won't repeat it but that one's actually the uk one that i was talking about a couple episodes ago but yeah anyway yeah, so that was my week. A lot, of, a lot of shit. Sometimes I have nothing to say, and other times I have like a novel to write. So this week was the novel. So <laughs> you're welcome. Oh, it's more content. I love content. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Starts. So let's move over and wrap up our Scream Factory arc discussing yes. Cherry Falls from 2000. So if you've not seen Cherry Falls, this is a slasher film. So you will want to see it before you listen to us talk about it because we are going to talk about spoilers and the killer and and so on and so forth. So again, there will be spoilers for Cherry Falls just as there is for every movie that we talk about in these arcs. So Cherry Falls again from 2000, directed by Jeffrey Wright, written by Ken Seldon. 
It has an IMDb score of 5.1 out of the 10,273 votes. It does not have a Metacritic score, but it has a 50% tomato meter and an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 31%. And it had a $14 million budget, but I couldn't find any information about the gross. Uh, there was There's some stats. Yeah there, yeah, there was some stats from like the UK, but uh, I didn't write those down. So, whatevs. Uh, so, is this the first time you've watching that? You're watching this one? Yes, this okay. is a movie that completely missed me altogether, which we'll find out why later on. Um, so, first time watch, and I probably yeah. would have never watched this film without the podcast this week. Yeah, I agree with you. I never heard of it until I never heard of it until uh, Scream Factory announced they're releasing it. And Chris actually loves this movie, and he was uh, talking about it, and so that's how I heard about it. And then I only bought it because it was one of the listener choice picks. And so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so same same here. Um, and frankly, I am surprised I hadn't heard of this. And I don't know why, because I did not listen to the commentary track, part of the special feature, but I know you did. Yeah. And so hopefully you'll have um, some more kind of uh, background on that. But Well, did you want to talk about the background first before we dive into the movie? Yeah, or please, you know? go okay. for it. So, uh, okay, so this movie, um, so Jeffrey Wright, he's the one who directed Romper Stomper, which was the big movie from Russell Crowe that he broke out in. Right. Uh, he was the third pick to film this movie. Oh, really? Um, Yes, he was the third pick. The first two guys, which they don't mention, um, oh, okay. declined. Um, and I guess the filming of the film was kind of heated because he didn't really get along with Jay Moore. And then mm-hmm. um, Brittany Murphy, she's a bit of a special flower where she could work only an hour or two at a time. Then she'd have to take a break. So huh. they fell behind schedule pretty fast. Now... Um, they sold the picture to Rogue Pictures, which they, the, it's a subsidiary, kind of like how Dimension Films is part of uh, Miramax. Okay. Um, I'm trying to look now where my notes were for that. Um, also, so the film was shipped or was sold to October Films and Rogue Films was their little niche, I guess, uh, I guess little niche company. And this is going to be their first, um, genre film for that subsidiary hmm. now at the same time when the film was going to be released i guess the u.s senate was having these meetings about sex and violence in teen films okay so as we're going to discover as we talk about the movie the timing really was the shits yeah so this movie got a theatrical release overseas Never got one in North America. At least, okay, at least in the U.S., never got one. As for Canada, um, they didn't mention. That said, I had never heard of this movie prior to, like, recent talks about it because of Scream Factory's release. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I don't think I had a theatrical release in Canada either. Because of the talks with the Senate about violence in teen films, sex and violence in teen films, and at the same time, October Films, got bought out by the USA Network. USA decided to screw the theatrical release and sent it directly to the USA Network. So it became a TV movie. That explains a lot. Yes. Well, yes and no. Um, So uh, I guess at the time, before, you know, HBO became, you know, the big powerhouse with like TV and whatnot, um, this was the highest 
uh, I guess it was most the most expensive, expensive yeah. TV film ever because it cost fourteen million. Yeah. So it sucks that it didn't get um, a theatrical release. And what also sucks is that this film was a lot more gorier and had more violence in it. Some of the kill scenes are either off screen or they're they're kind of edited a bit. Um, yeah. And that's because it went to the MPAA and I believe it had an X rating because of all the violence and stuff. Hmm. So between the MPAA telling uh, the director and editor to recut the film many times and then the film having to be regulated or delegated, I guess, to TV film. Um, that's why it's, it's very cut. And the fact that this is when DVDs really became a thing. So all these, uh, all the cut scenes, some people say they were destroyed. The director, Jeffrey uh, Wright, in his commentary believes that they're still there. They're just hidden somewhere mm-hmm. where, you know, some company might have the footage and they just don't know they've got the footage. So Which, that's why Scream didn't release the uncut version is because they just didn't have access to it or have it. This is the best version of the film you'll get right now. Okay. Um, but, you know, people people say, you know, the the film is edited and you won't get the original version. I believe that the footage is out there somewhere because I it makes me think back to a movie I watched last year. Um, called Awake and Fright, which is an Ozploitation film mm-hmm. with Donald Pleasance. Yeah, I remember talking where, about them. Yeah, that film was lost for 30 years. Wow. Until some company in Pittsburgh found the footage in one of their warehouses in film cans that were meant for destruction. So, <laughs> wow. So this footage was shot, was processed. It's somewhere. I don't think it's destroyed. I think it's somewhere out there. So that's part of the mystery and mystique of Cherry Falls. And that's the reason why I had no clue about this movie because it went straight to TV, not even direct to video, straight to right. fucking television on the USA network. Wow. So, so yeah. So, uh, and I, as, I, as yeah, we're go going ahead. through it, I, f- I felt the entire time that I could feel the edits. I could feel the censoring going on. Yeah. And that always bugs me. But. Well, at the same time, though, there's still a lot of blood. There's some nudity in it, and yeah. there's some language. So it it's it, it became a TV movie, but it could be it could have been so much more, right? And I'll discuss my enthusiasm or lack thereof of the film as we discuss the film. So yeah, I don't want I want to tease the audience right now. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You'll have to listen. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, right from the beginning, the opening opening scene I thought was really interesting and it reminded me – and I, this movie, as it was going through, there were so many instances that reminded me of other films. Um, and I think it's interesting because I just kind of connected to this. Um, listening to some of the special features, um, I think it was actually when Jay, Jay Moore was talking, he mentions how the director is a very – he's very visual – and so, you know, he likes to put homages to other films in this as he was as he was going. And I definitely felt some of that. Now, obviously, this film was in 2000. And the movie I'm going to say that it reminded me of is, is much later, just a couple years old. But either way, it still had that same feeling. And it reminded me of Zodiac, um, the opening okay. scene there, because you have the, the killer 
kind of stalking the two people that are um, in a car and then he comes up and then obviously, you know, uh, attacks them. And it just made me think of that. So obviously it wasn't no much that because it came out much earlier, but it was something that reminded me of that. Um, and I love that. Uh, I thought it was very creepy. Um, you, I, it sets up the fact that they want you to think the killer is female um, but at first, I thought it was kind of like a Rob Zombie lookalike almost. Okay. I didn't get the fact that it was female until I think it was the second time the character is there. Um, but I still – I thought that that opening scene was really well done. It's pretty creepy. I thought some of the choices that the, the female kill, character made were kind of ridiculous. Like uh, she locks the doors instead of trying to drive away. Yeah. Um, she opens the door, unlocks the door instead of just looking out the window when there's someone, you know, trying to like pound at the door or whatever. I, I so th- those were kind of just dumb choices to make, but I still thought it was a good way to open it, open things up. Yeah. You know, the whole make out point, yes. you know, in the car, you know, that's a, a, a typical like, you know, uh, uh slasher, th- uh, trope. Right. Um, so, you know, the film itself didn't really. Uh, at least that scene didn't really like, surprise me or wow me. Mm-hmm. That said, though, the brutality of the film, uh, or at least of that scene, was really up close and personal. Yeah. You know, when the girl's pinned to the to the to the tree and she gets stabbed, I thought that was really cool. Um, I knew it was a woman right off the bat. Well, at least you know the uh, it looked like a woman just because of, like the red fingernail polish on her hands. I thought on her. I saw that, hands. but I wasn't positive. Yeah. And also the fact that, you know, you don't see the killer's face at all, just a big black wig, which reminded me a bit of like Japanese ghost films, which were really popular at the time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I I thought, you know, the opening uh, sequence, it was, to me, it was nothing new, uh, but I I really liked where it went once it started, uh, you know, unrolling. So yeah, yeah, it was, it's a great start to the film. And I feel like kind of that it's nothing new kind of, it's kind of something that kind of permeates throughout the film because it's, it's just satire on horror films as we know them up to the year 2000. Um, and it, it felt very much like Scream to me in terms of the way they were, it was presented, you know, with all this, it was very, very dark humor. And frankly, I thought it was probably funnier than Scream in a lot of ways, not entirely. I st- yeah. I would I would probably I, I would probably watch I would you know screams I would say is the better film but this oh, doesn't sure. you know just does a very good job at kind of doing what Scream was trying to do as well. Well, I think Scream was a huge influence just because it revitalized the slasher genre right in yeah. that era. You know, um, so it having similarities does make a lot of sense, mm-hmm. um, and it, it does feel a little spoofy. Just because you don't see the killer's face, like not even wearing a mask, not nothing, right. you know? So you know that the people realize who the killer is, yeah. but we don't. And that's part of the fun of this film. And and the spoofiness of it, I think, mostly comes from the dialogue. Because mm-hmm. the shit that's said in this is fucking hysterical. Like, oh, I, I could have written are... down the entire script. Like, there's so many good, memorable lines. And I think that's what shocks me most, which now I, I know more about the background, but... That's as I was waiting. I was like, "How do people not talk about this movie more?" Like these lines are fantastic. Yeah, uh, as we go along in the film, we'll probably say a few. But oh yeah, yeah. I have a ton written down. Yeah. Where I popped huge. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, this movie is one of the greatest things ever. Which <laughs> like, which scene was it? We got to talk about it. 
Do you want to talk about it now? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so we're we're fast forwarding until the end. Yeah. Um, so uh, no, we we can't. Uh, we we can because okay, fine, whatever. So the, the point of the film it, it it's it's a reverse of regular slasher films right. where you know the final girl usually is a virgin. Mm-hmm. Well, in this movie, the killer is targeting virgins. Yep. Which I fucking love. Absolutely. Because what that means is that all the kids who are virgins are going to plan an orgy. And I fucking love that. Which they do. Okay. <laughs> and one of the writers, um, I believe his name was, if I look at my notes here, uh, Ken Selden. Yeah. He wrote this film. Just so that he can write a teenage orgy scene. (laughs) Why wouldn't you take that off your bucket list? It is awesome. It is fucking awesome. So fast forward to the end. Okay. So the killer. Okay. So the killer is Jay Moore. Okay. And the reason why Jay Moore, who is also a teacher in the school, uh, a newly, uh, a new teacher in the school. The reason why he's doing that or he's killing people, killing virgins is because his mom was raped by four people, by four college uh, athletes from the school. One being Michael Bean, which is the father of Brittany Murphy's character. So the whole, you know, and Brittany Murphy is a student in one of his classes, and they seem to be like, you know, you're my favorite teacher, you're my favorite student. So yeah. funny. Anyways, so favorite scene is. So, Brittany Murphy realizes he's the killer. He's chasing her to the orgy scene. They get, they open, she opens the door and everybody's having sex. He comes in all disheveled because, you know, it's him. And then he yells with a knife in his hand, yes. class dismissed. And then starts stabbing people left and right. Just all willy nilly. I had. My goosebumps had boners. That's how awesome the scene was. I am oh. not giving this film or that scene any justice. And we fast forwarded through a lot of the movie, which we'll get back to. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a fact. His face, because he's ran after Brittany <laughs> Murphy once already. He's sweaty. His eyes are bugging out of his head. And he just yells, class dismissed. And just starts stabbing anything that moves. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it was. I oh, it's so good. Well. It was very oh. funny. It just, uh, yeah, like, I've watched this movie twice already in the last, pretty much, I started, uh, I watched this movie twice in 48 hours, and all the special features, and I would gladly watch this movie again. Like, <laughs> it's got so many cool set scenes, but I'm fast forwarding to the end, let's go back to the beginning, or tell me, what was your favorite scene or favorite line of dialogue in this film so far? Oh, man, uh, I mean, there's so many good ones. Um I don't know. I can't. I, I I can't say my favorite. I just can't think of a favorite right now. I guess. Yeah. Um, but but what there's made so, you many, what, so many, so many good you, ones. Did you clap at all during the movie? If so what, what made you clap? Like, <laughs> oh so man, good, so much good stuff. I did not clap, but I did write down the classes miss line because I thought it was fucking hilarious. Oh. Um, right before that, you get the. Uh, this is my post. I can't just split, and then he gets cut in the head with the axe. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. Uh, the um, movie is so ridiculous, but in a good way. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, I'm sure something else will come to me as I go through here, but I'm trying to just like scroll through my notes real quickly. Um, I, I love the the most just ridiculous thing to me is that they call this like town meeting. And 
And the sheriff, he finally reveals that they're killing virgins. Like, the way it's said is just hilarious. And then the the guy's like, I can't lock my daughter up in the basement. And the other other dad in the room says, I wouldn't worry about it, Victor. I mean, come on. <laughs> and like, what like, the too, fuck? Too portly father. Right, and, yeah. and it, which starts a brawl in the gymnasium. <laughs> oh, but it's just so funny. Even so funny and so awkward was prior to that when Michael Bean is yes. talking to Brittany. Yes. Her, how far she's gone. Oh, without my God, I know. Without saying, are you a virgin? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, what base have you gone to? Have you yeah. gone to the first base yet? Oh. Can you go any further? <laughs> <laughs> have you slid home yet? <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, and what it just – that scene, it kind of fucked with me because I'm like, wow, like this is so fucking weird, man. Because you get – what a – just with the premise that they've set up, in what other world would the father be upset – yeah, disappointed that his daughter's still a virgin. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. that's what happens here because that means she's a target. I mean, just how – what a crazy scenario that works so well for the humor. And what's creepy as well was a scene prior to that when he's teaching her a judo throw. Oh, my God. And it got almost kind of sexual. Dude. That's like you have to talk about the family dynamic in this because that scene is so strange. But how weird is her fucking mother? Uh, Well, she's an alcoholic. Yes, very clearly. She's drinking because she knows of the past Mm -hmm. and why, you know, uh, she's aware of what her husband did. She still loves him, Mm -hmm. but the way she copes with this rape is by or knowing of the rape and how nothing happened because of the rape because what happened is like so jay moore's mom was raped by michael bean and three other guys but because they're athletes they kind of went scot-free like nothing happened and then she moved away they didn't know she was pregnant they had a kid and of course michael bean was the last one okay so in 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 the flashback that happens later on in the movie Mm -hmm. michael bean he's the one that's so hammered so his three friends put her or put him on uh, the girl, and then he's like, "I knew what was happening, but I couldn't do anything." Yeah. So he finishes, you know, in Jay Moore's mom. She moves away. Um, I don't know if she was driven away or just because of shame or whatever, or because of nothing happened from the four guys. But she moves away to a different county, and then Jay Moore gets born, has a shitty childhood because he gets resented by the mom because of what happened. Because, you know, whatever. And then comes back to town to exact his revenge. Fine. Um, so the mo- so Brittany's mom knows what her husband did. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just drinks to, 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 to cope. But it's weird because the first time we meet her, I'm like, is Jamie more, Mo- is, is Brittany Murphy's mom going to, is, like, is she, is she hitting on? Yeah. <laughs> Brittany Murphy's boyfriend? I know. Like, that's what I thought too. And I'm like, and, and he, just broke up with her because she won't go. She won't go all the way with him. Yeah. So I'm like, is is she gonna fuck the boyfriend now? Because I'm like, that would be tremendous. <laughs> That'd be tremendous. As if you uh, wouldn't watch it. Yeah. I'm like, she's gonna fuck her boy, her daughter's boyfriend. I'm like, yeah. this happens only in pornography, right? <laughs> Brothers and whatnot. Oh man. So, yeah, it's it's such it's so everybody's so kooky. And yeah. then so you've got her that's like the boozy floozy, but I mm-hmm. think she's more just boozy like bored. Yeah. You know? 
Um, and then you got Michael Bean, where his acting was weird as fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, oh, and, yeah. And the director told him to play it straight mm-hmm. and, like, straight-jawed and, like, you know, serious all the time. He, he acted weird and overly intense in some scenes. Yeah. Like, it was off of the of the film's vibe. It just seemed wooden and it felt like it didn't fit, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I wrote early on. I'm like, yeah, he just seems off in this film just because everybody else is kind of kind of groovy and he isn't. He's like straight lace. He's like a he's like a mounty. He, you know, he's like fucking if he was a statue, he'd be like a living statue almost. That's all like <laughs> straight laced and whatever. But uh yeah, he was he was he was weird in this film. He really was. Um he was, but I I never got that he was like standing out in a negative way at all, I guess. No, um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say negative. Just okay. different. Yeah, because again, he's hiding a secret, which we right. don't know till the end. Exactly. You know. Um. But yeah. But then then that scene. I don't know. I, I don't know what was going on. But yeah, he they, he falls on top of her, and there's a yeah. split second, and then he says, "Uh, take take five, kiddo, or something. Whatever the hell he says, take five, champ. I think is what it was. And I don't." you're right. It was just so awkward and so weird. And I kind of felt that same dynamic, that same feeling yeah. when, when Jody went and spoke with her teacher. Yeah. Because obviously there's something, and then, and then he, you know, I didn't know at that point, obviously what was going on, but I was like, man, you're playing with fire saying yes to having a, a meeting alone. Like, I, I, I felt the down. same way. So yeah. I'm like, mom's going to fuck, uh, uh, Brittany Murphy, Jody, her name in the film. Uh, yep. so mom's going to fuck Jody's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Jody's adopted because when dad is teaching her how to do a judo throw and lands on top of her, they've got that moment where they lock eyes and yeah. they're like face to face. And I'm like, Oh, saved by the bell, you right. know? Um, and then you've got the whole teacher student. So, he, uh, so, uh, Jay Moore's character, uh, he is Leonard. Um, you know, he's the English lit teacher mm-hmm. and like they have a, a, like an after school thing. And, and especially when she recites the poem with yeah, her who, eyes close to him. I know. That's like, who does that? Who walks into their teachers and just like closes their eyes and recites this poetry? Like how fucking What's, weird. It's beautiful. But I'm like, oh, is she going to bone the teacher? Yeah. It, 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 there's so many sexual it, triangles that really don't happen. I, exactly, Which and I think so that family is just so weird because she. So we, I talked about how the mom is, like you said, kooky is a great yeah. way to describe her. The dad is strange in his own way, straight fucking least. And then Jody is weird as hell too. Like we see, like she seems like this like sweet, oh, easy going person, <laughs> yeah. and yes. like then she has like these moments with the teacher, and then later on, like she yes. just turns into this like sexual like oh you know you want to you want to fuck me type of thing you know what i mean like not just that which i find is fucking i'm like what the fuck's going on here yeah so the boyfriend's pressuring to have sex right yeah but when the tables are turned right. and she and you know it's before the uh, it's before the orgy yeah and she goes to his house and then she becomes a sexual aggressor and sucking on her toes harder yeah harder. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so she wants him to yeah. suck her toes and then starts biting her toes. Yeah. I'm like, this is fucking weird doing a whole foot fetish thing. <laughs> but then he fucking retreats in his shell because he's not the one in control. She is. And mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, are you fucking for real? 
Right. I, I, I couldn't. Like, go with the flow, man. Go yeah. ahead and uh, follow her wave, you know? But no, he's the one who becomes the prude and right. says, no, I'm not ready. Yeah. Even though there's a care that's going to kill virgins, kill, <laughs> defy yourself with the girl that you love. It was you know? so strange. And another so weird. Another moment where we get her kind of attitude. So yes. Yeah. Her another moment we get her attitude is she actually yells at the teacher at one point because he says something about her ex-boyfriend. And she's like, Oh, what do you think? My whole life is based on whatever, the guy. And so like I don't they're just they're a strange family that I feel like if you just peel off one layer that mm-hmm. that facade they put on, you just get weird. And yeah. makes for an interesting – it makes for interesting characters. I love it. It's just, the man, it's fucking – is weird. Because then you've got Jody's friend. Um, uh, you know, t- what was his name? Ty or Timmy? Uh, Timmy. Fucking love Timmy. Oh, no. Well, there's Timmy. But then you've got like uh, his his girlfriend, the one who's like oh, the shy one who likes Mark. Sandy. Uh, is it Sandy? Okay. Yeah. So she likes this guy, Mark, who's just another dude in her in their class. A total douche, but then, yeah. But then Mark, he's the one with the, with the mole on, on yeah. his lip. But then he acts so weird. Like the, the scene where they have in the cafeteria mm-hmm. where there's a food fight. Yeah. Like these kids are going to lose their virginity soon. But they're acting like kids, like like young, young kids. There's a food fight. And then Mark seems to not be able to eat food properly. Where he's <laughs> eating with his mouth open. He's eating chips weird. Oh. It's like, are, are you are – you, challenged in any way you know, like, I know what's your what's your middle capacity and sandy's like what are your thoughts and he's like i think these ribs rule and it's like yeah. what <laughs> and, and, and you're, not even, you're not even eating ribs they're like rib patties you right yeah exactly like, like the McRib so, or something it's so weird so it's like it, it shows in a way how you know you're you're forced on this precipice of sex but you know mentally you're not ready for it yet right and same thing with, with jody she's not ready for sex but you know uh, she forces herself and then, you know, she does the whole like foot fetish thing. Does she actually enjoy getting her toe sucked? Probably not. But she's just putting her destiny in her, in her own hands. Yeah. Which I dig. Like, this movie is so fucking weird. I know. Uh, it really is. I, te- I I think I've wrote down the weir- the word weird more times in this than I ever have. Like, it's just fucking odd, man. It is. It um, is. It's there's this scene toward the beginning, going back that way, um, where... Brittany, uh, Jody is sleeping and then she like wakes up and her looks out the window and sees her dad pull away and it's almost as if she's like sleepwalking yes. and she says like daddy I'm what what a, explain. what a weird fucking yeah why does the filmmaker decide to keep that in like what was that for I'm assuming that's due to editing it has to be yeah, it, it, it strange as hell because she yeah she get like she is sleepwalking her eyes are closed yeah that's what I thought yeah. <laughs> oh, it was just weird. It was fucking weird. I did speak going back to what I was talking about, Timmy. He's yes. the um like the columnist, the writer for the school newspaper. I he's like the uh, Prince Hilton of school. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. I loved him from the minute we met him. He's just oh, sure. a character. Like yeah. man, he was entertaining as hell. And I was so disappointed that he died so early on. I but really I thought cool he death. would last more. I thought so too. I really did. Yeah, but uh we don't actually see his death, though, right? We just see him in the locker after the fact. In a, yeah, we just see like he's got a cool scene where yeah. he's like, you know, blood instead of stuffed inside of a locker. Yeah. Another scene I loved was the. It reminded me very much of the scream scene when they're in the film class 
except here they're in the the English English class and they're yes. all talking. Um, and that's where we can introduce some of these other characters. Um, what was I can't remember which guy it was. It was Mark's friend. Is that Kenny? Maybe is that, I, think, I believe that's Kenny. Okay, Kenny. Yeah, yeah. Played he, by Gabriel. Uh, no, Kenny is the boyfriend. That's oh, the right, boyfriend. Yep. Um, so let me. I'm trying to look. I got the IMDb here. Is ben. it? Ben? It's Ben. Okay. Yeah. Uh, ben and in, in, um, that's where we meet Ben and Mark for the first time, and then we meet Sandy for the first. I meet all those characters, and then like the the school slut, whatever the hell her name was, Sharon maybe. Oh, um, sexy Sharon. Yeah, exactly. Like the one who oh, no, but was she? Yeah, she's she's the one who did the whole speech about condoms yes. on. Okay, yeah, oh she was great. God. Yeah, she, she was. was great. And yeah. I love the line when Ben says he's like, uh, she's like, well, then why have you been trying to get with me if I'm the slut or whatever? Why have you been trying to get with me for the past year? And he's like, I find experience attractive. <laughs> that was fucking great. <laughs> oh man, but these students were just a fucking trip, man. And the, te- I would the teacher love to just, go to school there. I know that's what I said. Like I, I don't remember. I wrote down this right after. I really don't remember my high school being this sexually charged all the time. <laughs> like no. the fucking girl in the cafeteria. He just runs up to the guy and starts trying to kick his ass because he's spreading rumors about like I just man what a world to live in yeah. but um yeah and we uh that's the first introduction of DJ Qualls who I fucking love uh DJ Qualls is um kind of like the tall goofy looking guy he's in um from road trip road trip yeah he's in uh the zombie show on sci-fi uh, uh, Z Nation. Z Nation. Yep. And yeah, um, yeah, he's he's wonderful. I fucking love him. He just cracks me up. And uh, I was so happy he was in. I wish he had a bigger role because I like him so much. But what he does have is is typical DJ Qualls, and I love that for it. But and so his many fun buddy, characters. Yeah, the, the portly guy with yep. the glasses. I'm like, Dad, that was totally me in high school. Yeah. <laughs> And then when he gets laid at the orgy, I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, I, was so, exactly. I was so proud of me, him. I was so, him. I was so, so happy. Oh, man. Yeah. It's great. Good times. So can, can we can we just explain something else to the, to, yes. to, to the listener? Um, a fucking teen orgy <laughs> is the climax of the movie. Right. He, it actually happens and you see shit. Now – you see them – okay, that scene was heavily edited. Yeah, I heard – like because, I remember in the special video they were saying that basically they initially had yes. like an X-rated sex scene and they had to cut it. Well, what they had originally – or at least what the right originally planned. Right, the right, yeah. Everybody's under sheets. So you see everybody having sex under sheets and it looks like waves. And then okay. you've got Jay Moore's character slashing and stabbing at people. So you see drops of red mist. Mm. Show up on the white sheets. That's awesome. You know, to to show the end of innocence. Mm-hmm. But that was the whole point. And then Jeffrey Wright, not the actor, but the director. Um, is it Jeffrey Wright? It is Jeffrey Wright. Um, yeah. He didn't want the sheets. So that's why um, everybody uh, was either brought in panties or were naked. But again, because it was fucking um, put on TV, all the nudity was – like there's no nudity in this film. Which is too bad because I'm sure there's tons of it. Yeah. But because of the TV edit, um, it's it's not in the film anymore. Exactly. Um, uh, but you know what though? Looking at that teen orgy, in my mind, when I was that age, that's what a teen orgy would have looked like. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Dirty mattresses and then a man in the house. Yeah. And there's like, you know, and people are drinking. And what's funny too, which I fucking loved, is that you start the teen orgy 
and you know guys on one side goes on the side and then he slowly start pairing up by dancing and slow dancing right where eventually it becomes a fucking teen orgy where everybody's <laughs> in one big room with mattresses oh it's god it's so fucking good it's so good oh man oh this movie's awesome the um so the the second killing i thought was pretty brutal actually because yes. um obviously the killer is knocking on the door and acting as if you know uh Mr. Marlison is acting as the woman, you know, at this point. And um, the girl decides to open the door against her best judgment, better judgment, and uh, then just jamming her head in between the door that's only opened a little bit because of the the um, uh, the chains the on it. Yeah. You know, he gets that off and just starts jamming her head in the door to kill her. Um, now that one, I wish we would have seen more of the after effect because it looked like it was really cool. She was like chained up or like up on the ceiling in this like pentagram thing almost like i would have loved to have been able to see more of that than we did but i feel like that's the editing you know cut a lot of that out probably and just the era kind of shows there too because they're you know uh the killers at the door Mm -hmm. looking for the parents of the girl looking for the girl right parents are not home and the and the killer's like well can i leave a message can i leave a note Yep. And she's all like worried, like, um, I guess so. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why you're so concerned. Like, just leave the note in the door or whatever. Right. But she opens the door and then she gets killed. Yeah. Um, and then it's the just, parents coming back. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. reminded me of Scream when, in the, the very first kill of Scream when the parents come home and blah, blah, blah. It reminded me of Halloween when the parents came home at the beginning. Ah, yeah. Curious. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I just thought that sequence was kind of odd just because it wouldn't happen these days. You know, mm-hmm. because of cell phones and smartphones. But uh, right. yeah, still a cool scene. And then we see – actually, there is nudity because we see the dead girl's body as she slides down the – Oh, yeah. Um, you're right. And something else. Um, did you see the body blink as it slid down the morgue chute? I thought I saw something. And, I and yes. like, I may have been typing and, like, flashed and I thought I saw something. But then it didn't happen again, I don't think. And so I was like, oh, no, it's probably nothing. I didn't go back. Well, I, I, I didn't go back either, but I've seen it twice and I noticed it twice, so I'm sure okay. it's there. Yeah. Um, I think it wasn't it wasn't a, a body double or anything. It was the actual actress just in the yeah. plastic bag. You're right. Mm-hmm. And the movie went behind schedule so quickly that they couldn't do like two or three takes of some scenes. Mm-hmm. So he probably the director probably just took that first scene, that first take, and then just went to the next uh, setup. Right, makes sense. But, yeah, I saw the eyes. I, I'm pretty sure she blinked. As she slid down that uh, little morgue chute, so yeah, I, I, I imagine you're right because, like I said, I thought I saw something as well. But yeah, yeah. So I thought when she goes to talk to the teacher, the first thing I wrote was, "My God, she's as awkward as her dad." Because this was just minutes after the the awkward scene where her dad fell on her. Um, but I thought it was pretty. Like I was like, "Oh shit, that's creepy." When stuff like that happens, and when she's like, "That's weird." I think I just saw someone, or I thought I just saw someone standing there, and then they have to go find out like who it is or what's going on. I thought that was really. It was so simple because the camera doesn't change. We don't see anything or we're just on her the whole time and we see her turn her head. And then she says the line. I thought that was really well done. Yeah. And then obviously, so who was watching them? We find out it's her. it was her boyfriend because they spend like 30 minutes on the shoe that has like the four white blocks on it, or the four white squares on it. And then when she, yeah, when she's at her boyfriend's house, we see that same shoe that they again spend like 30 seconds on. But and then he takes off the shoe. He takes right. off and the that, sock. Yep. It's, all foot, it's all foot action. 
But it's weird though because it, you know, like the guy was like too cool for school. Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. And then you realize he's just a dork that's kind of like kind of yeah. digs her, yeah. pressing her for sex. But I think he wanted to be special as well. Yeah. You know. So yeah. Another line I absolutely loved. I, f- I think it was the principal calls the he calls I and mean, he's talking to the sheriff and the sheriff's like you know we need to have a meeting or whatever the town meeting and the principal's like we're gonna have a goddamn fuck fest on our hand. <laughs> That's fucking it's brilliant. Awesome. <laughs> I love that oh, scene. Because, oh, this movie is so juicy. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking juicy. And what you might not have realized, and I didn't notice until I, I listened to the commentary, every character in the movie pronounces the principal's name differently. Oh, do so they? Yeah, I, I didn't notice that. I think there's like that. six or seven different pronunciations of the guy's last name. I, I couldn't even tell you his name. Sisler. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, he's uh, Tom uh, Tom Sisler. But I guess every actor use a different uh, dialect funny, or a different pronunciation. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. It's just something I never noticed, but it was mentioned in the, on the commentary. Yeah. Very interesting. Hmm. I was surprised that we got such an early, such a, uh, a long fight between, you know, our main hero and our main villain so early on. When, uh, during the teacher's meeting and the whole, uh, yep. the whole shark. Yes, yeah. exactly. That, that was, yeah. So we find out that, uh, her friend, uh, gets killed. Um, again, what was his name? Uh, Timmy. K- Kenny. Oh, no, Timmy. Oh, Timmy. Yeah, sorry. Kenny's yeah. a boyfriend. Right. So, so T- Timmy dies and then she gets into a fight with him and, it's a brutal fight too because she gets yeah. uh, she gets cut on the leg mm-hmm. almost in a sexual way. Yeah, and then you it, they repeat it at the end, which I was going to say, I really and like. they'll do that same thing later on. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's a prolonged prolonged fight and uh, quite violent. Like it was really good. Yeah, it was absolutely. Like, I would have been like it would have been really cool as a twist, and I don't know if it's done very often. Where, you know, you follow a character for like the first half hour of the film, 40 right. minutes, and then, you know, gets killed during that scene. So, let's say she dies there. Yeah. That, that'd be a bit of a fuck because I'm like, wow. Hell the, yeah. The, the, the final girl actually dies halfway through the movie. It's kind of like Samuel Jackson dying in Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. yeah. You don't expect it, you know? Exactly. That would have been really cool too. That's, that's when we write our slasher film, that's what we're going to do. So, there's spoiler oh. alert for that. We're going to have two orgy scenes though. Oh, absolutely. one is enough. Yeah. Um, Oh my God. So what the fuck? Speaking of what the fuck moments in this movie. So um, at the police station, there's just this random fucking guy, this random kid claiming that he killed the people. And then he's like kisses the cop at one point and then he gets dragged off. But nothing is ever said about him or we ever see him again. Nothing's ever mentioned about like, what the fuck? that i did not understand that at all so weird it's like what is happening but it was so funny i was like oh my god this is just so random as hell yeah they got such such random scenes in this movie uh and again i think it's a it's an issue due to editing yeah i think if it wasn't uh so butchered right get a better understanding of what the director wanted and another um so i didn't like read much about this film the only thing i knew about it was what i was told that you know uh Basically, that there was a serial killer killing virgins. You had to lose your virginity to not get killed. That's all I knew about it. And okay. if I'd watched the trailer, this would have been spoiled for me. But I was so excited when it came out because as it was ha- about to happen, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. The fact that 
this is a, you know, one of those like the townsfolk fucked over someone and now they're coming back to haunt us type of films. Yeah. I, I was just so excited. I don't know why I was like, yes, this is amazing. I'm so happy that that's what this film is because <laughs> I had no idea. I knew absolutely nothing of the film. So yeah. I didn't even know the whole virgin aspect of oh, it. Oh, okay. Uh, so like I was like kudos because this right. is great. I love the yeah. reversal. I know. Absolutely. Oh my God. Another great line. We're talking Hyman Holocaust here. <laughs> Sandy says that. I mean, this is great. This movie should be seen more. Yes. I should have people quoting this shit to me when we're walking around like in everyday life. Like this is brilliant shit here. God, it's, it's so it's, good. It's a, it's a sad circumstance of the times. Yep, exactly. It just came out at the wrong time. Yeah. Uh, and then that's when she sets up that they're going to have a pregame talk at the bleachers, which is just so <laughs> ridiculous. And then there's some of the lines there are fantastic. My favorite, though, was when she says, just wait until they try to put their dicks in you. And someone says, don't tell me they need help with that. And she says, always. I was like, oh, my God, that's so fucking true. <laughs> always no. need help. And, and oh. the whole thing of like, ladies, use condoms. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you know. And oh. And, oh, yeah, it was – this movie is tremendous. Yeah. It is tremendous. It was so damn funny. Um, did you ca- – okay, so back to like the Hyman Holocaust, that scene when Sandy comes to her house. Did you catch the way that her mother hugged Sandy when she walked in? No. Okay. Go When you're watching it again, just okay. see if there's something there because I'm pretty sure oh, this super awkward hug thing happened – that again, I just didn't understand. And I, I was just like, what the fuck? And it's just her mom being, like you said, kooky as fuck. And it's probably just because she's drunk, but man, it was weird as hell. So I, I want you to to look for that next time in that scene. See if I'm maybe I'm wrong, but I I swear to God I saw something weird there. See, what was weird about the mom mm-hmm. is her overreaction at at her being at the library. <laughs> <after> the <microphone. laughs> That was so fucking she weird fucking to me. Grabs her, get your ass back home. I was like, oh my like, god, what's with the violence? Like, I know. Uh, you're about to have an orgy later on. <laughs> so the library? Who the fuck cares? Oh man, oh so funny. I thought that was so weird. It was. It absolutely was. I did like that library scene though. It's pretty cool because you do get like a glimpse of the killer for like a brief second. And right through the books. And then the mom comes in just like a hot second later. And I was like, oh, okay. But I thought it was pretty well done. It was pretty creepy. But And you know what? Like I've never really used microfiche. But Brittany Murphy's character was just speeding through it. Are you supposed to find any articles? Like she just fell upon You know, the only, whenever I see that in movies, I always think that. Because I feel like they go through it so fast. And again, I've never used that. But <laughs> I, every time I watch a movie, I feel like they are just spinning through it so quickly that you would never actually be able to find anything. No, Exactly. So I found that was kind of weird. Yeah. But uh, it's still kind of cool to see microfiche because, again, this movie was before the internet. Right. Or, you know, the internet wasn't a thing yet. See, I don't know. So the movie was released in 2000, I guess, so to, to, to TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this film was filmed right after Brittany Murphy did Girl Interrupted. But I don't know if Girl Interrupted came out yet. So this could be, you know, released in 2000, but maybe filmed in 98. Oh, okay. And that's something else. I found that Brittany Murphy looked really young in this movie. Yeah, she did. Like, she looked younger in this film than she did in Clueless. And that was from 95. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And I noticed that in the special features, too. She just looks young here. And and something else that kind of bugged me. Mm-hmm. They made a comment about sixth graders early in the film. 
And um, I was okay, I don't remember like, that. Is this girl in grade six, which would be so much more messed up? So, because I couldn't really decide how old she was, just the way that she looked. Yeah. You know, because like, she looks really young. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not a senior. At least I don't believe she is. But then again, her friends are driving. So, yeah. I wasn't sure exactly what grade she was in. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. What was the grade? Really, really what was the sixth grade line, though? What was that about? I don't remember. Just them parking, I, like talking about something that happened back then, or you know what? I think it was her, and it was with the boyfriend, and they were in a car. Oh, and okay. It was early on, and that she does like, make a she does make a global warming joke as if it doesn't exist. <laughs> that made <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Okay, I guess this is a product of the time here. We're gonna get a global warming joke. It totally but. is. It totally. Is. Like again, this is this is pre nine eleven too. Yeah, exactly. You know? Well, like just some stuff they do in the movie is it's really kind of it's it's things that wouldn't happen these days, right? You know? Um, and what I really laughed about was mm-hmm. when the reporter is in front of the school. Oh my god, I was literally just looking at my notes on that part. Yes, and, and, and gets mobbed by all the girls. Yeah, and I'm like, and then they wow. start that chant. I can't remember the chant, but it was hilarious. Yeah, and I'm like, Something what a lucky reporter. <laughs> because you know now you know you walk in front of a, a reporter who's filming and you get yelled at. Yeah, exactly. And all the shit about you know uh, being behind the reporter or yeah. even touching a reporter, you know, yeah. which I understand, like whatever. Um, but this guy got like assaulted by all these high school right. Boys. And I'm like, and, oh, and I just loved the reaction from the student. It was as if they were like, it was it was just like summer vacation was about to start but times a thousand and i just it felt so like yes if a high school orgy was about to happen i felt like this is a genuinely uh, you know reasonable reaction because they're all going to get laid tonight and so they're all super excited and i thought it was just hilarious the way they were responding i'm so not perfect. there and i was super excited <laughs> exactly Oh man! There's only one thing better than an orgy, and mm-hmm. that's a teen orgy. <laughs> and you can quote me on that. Yeah, absolutely. That's going on our first shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, right in the back. <laughs> oh god. Uh, and for an extra ten dollars, I will send those shirts in the silver sharpie. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. You can right. them on your wall. <laughs> oh man. So. The sheriff at one point decides that he's going to West Virginia to try to track down this girl that yes. he raped, and ba- he's going to kill her. Right? That's what I got I, from it. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, he has I his never gun that, He's ready I to never go. Got that vibe. That's interesting. I never even thought of that. Yeah, that's. I feel like that has to be what he's doing. He's taking care of it, and by taking because he thinks she's the killer, and so he's going to take care of her. But you know what? That never crossed my mind. Yeah. I thought he was going to ask a few questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought he was going to kill her. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I thought. I didn't think there was – I don't know. I thought that's what he had to be doing. But it's Michael Bean. He won't just kill, kill someone in cold blood. <laughs> oh, that's oh. interesting. That, that never actually crossed my mind. No. Um, but what's interesting is that at the end – somebody looks out at him as he goes away. And I would assume that that's not the killer because the killer is not going to be traveling from West Virginia to Virginia. Like, I feel like it had to be a couple hour drive at least, you know, like he's not going to be going back and forth. But 
the house was like opened and like it didn't look like there was electricity to it. Like it just looked like a rundown shack basically at this point. Like it was not in use for years. So yeah. does the woman live there? Like I just thought it was strange to have her looking out. I have two theories. Okay. One, the mom still lives there in, yeah. you know, just in, in, in poverty. Yeah. Or two, uh, Jay Moore's character went back home one final time to meditate, talk to his mom, you know, spiritually or whatever, mm-hmm. but to go back home before he goes and kills as many people as he can at the orgy. Yeah. Because we know that's the day of the event. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking he goes back home for one last, like, I'm coming home, mama, and then I'm going to do what I need to do to make things right, you know? So right. Yeah. I, it's, it's either one or the other. Yeah. Yeah, in it has mind, to be. Just so, so odd. Like, again, not explained at all. But that's nope. kind of the way things go in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still at my notes right now. Yeah. And I got highlighted a hey, goddamn fuck fest. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I love that line. Good times. Oh, man. And it is also funny too with the scene with the uh, with the uh, reporter mm-hmm. is that they had like a stone like a stone uh, stone words in the building you know where it's like you know so and so built this building back in eighteen oh yeah 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 and erected they had the building erected, erected and then yeah. zoom in to erect it <laughs> that's awesome because what's uh, happening next a right. teen orgy exactly. Yeah. Yeah. At that teen orgy, I loved the way that um, what did we decide her name was Sharon manipulated Ben into oh. having sex. Like you know, he, she's getting his CDs, imports, and domestic, and she's getting his snowboard. I'm like, oh my god, this is so 2000. Like it made oh, me think man. of when uh, you know uh, some uh, rich men were bargaining for Britney Spears' virginity. Oh, my God. You know, and there was a countdown. And there was oh. then there was a countdown to the Ashley or, you know, like the Olsen twins. Oh, my God. Countdown when they turned 18 and all the creepy old men that would like, I'll give you $500,000 if you let me take your virginity and things oh, like that. Geez. That was a thing back in the day. You That's know? so weird. It's so weird. So she's bartering for her hymen. Yeah. No, she's the she's the slut. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so she's what just going to take, take his virginity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It should be a discount. Oh, man. So then – okay, so after she gets turned down, Jody gets turned down, she just heads to her teacher's house, which is just a strange place to go, and helps him with the trunk, which again is just an odd scene. And then obviously it's revealed what happened. But then – yeah. The boyfriend just decides that she, like, he just finds her at the teacher's house some way, somehow. I thought yes. that was so random, but I, whatever. I, I did not. I didn't. Um, because he believes something's going on with her, right? Because they saw – he saw them at the cafeteria, right? Because he had That's the Harlequin shoes. Yep. Um, so, he's putting one one together, especially since he had sex her earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. So, he's like, well – you know, he st- she stayed after school, and he feels that there could be something there, so he goes there. Yeah, that could now, be still kind of far fetched, but I right. kind of I kind of connected the dots to that. That makes so sense to me. That made kind of sense. Yeah, but it's at that scene that I knew that Jimmer was the killer because of the car. You know, his car is there. You know, I didn't even catch that. I didn't even notice it. You're right. It's a car from it's a car from earlier. Yeah, and. Uh, because, you know, he pulls up to the people at Makeout Point yep, in the exactly. car. It's the same car. So, I'm like, at that point, ah, it's Jay Moore. Right. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, had one of the worst haircuts I've seen in a long time. <laughs> uh, That's oh, a bad haircut. Man. 
I honestly don't even remember it. I don't even remember it. But. You, you, you want to hear something really lame? Yeah. I actually tweeted to Jay Moore <laughs> saying, I really liked you in Cherry Falls. I, I, I didn't hear back yet. Oh, damn you, Jay Moore. You better get back to Mark it, on that one. Four days. I was I was sincere. Like I, I yeah. really I, I really dug this film so much. Yeah. I tweeted him and he never heard back. <laughs> but he's a busy man. He probably gets a lot of tweets about Cherry Falls. Exactly. So I'm not gonna hold it against right. him. Yeah. <laughs> I also liked him in goal, but I didn't sign up to tweet him about that. But, uh, uh, um so when um, you know the killer has Jody and her dad tied up. Yes. Um, there's that point where she, the killer, uh, you know, Marlison walks up to Jody, and then like the dad's like, "Ah, oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, whatever." And then he starts walking away, and Jody like starts trying to bite at his like hand as he's walking away, and it was just. I was like, what in the hell is going on? Why is she biting at him? And it was it was just so comical the way that she did it as what yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. Yeah, this is I I'm so happy that cat people didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the the nudity could make up for it, eh? Well, there was a brief scene in the film, yeah. but just the awesomeness of everything else surpasses any nudity I would see. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so good. Oh man. Um I honestly didn't expect the dad to get killed. I didn't just didn't think that would happen, but it definitely yeah. does. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and then you get obviously the chase scene, uh, which the this is my post. I can't just split where he gets his head split open with the axe. Yeah, um, and then the class dismissed line, and then and then what in the fuck happens next? So a stampede. They get clogged up. Yeah, yeah, they get clogged up in the stairway, and I'm like, who would think of that? <laughs> like how ridiculous! I just. Oh, it's so strange, but it was it made it make sense like why how it happened, but it's just so funny. It's it's so funny in a way it's kinda like well they or they're having sex where they're clogging each other up and now <laughs> they're clogging each other up in a different fashion. Oh man crazy teacher. Yeah. Huh. I love that he gets thrown off the building, but I really wish we would have seen him, you know, impaled in the spikes, but obviously that, you know, couldn't happen it was with the filmed. cut. Yeah. Oh, was it, it was filmed? filmed Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, he did say. Uh, let me go back here. Because I know in the one of the special features, they were saying that basically they were just running out of budget and time, and so that some of the things just didn't get filmed. And so I didn't know if that was one of them or not. Yeah, no, that was filmed in in its full uh, extreme goriness, where you see him getting impaled. Okay. Now you do see him impaled at the end. Yes. But uh, the the bit. sequence where he gets impaled was filmed. Mm-hmm. Now, is it still? Uh, intact that's that's the question yeah yeah so right at the end there they show like the the kids staring on in horror and they get to mark and he has his (laughs) the fucking hand attached to his head still (laughs) (laughs) it's a goofy film it really is it's a fun film this is a film you don't take seriously yeah but some characters in the film do take themselves seriously Mm -hmm. fucking fantastic and then at the very end, Jody looks out and sees what she believes is her teacher standing there, or the killer standing there. And I'm like, oh, that's all we need. That's all you need. Bring me Cherry Falls too. But unfortunately, oh. obviously, that'll never happen. But no. man, I would love to see this because this series continues so much. 
Has there been another movie that takes this concept of killing the virgins? Never that I've seen, no. Like, like this movie, okay, again, built for 2000. Mm-hmm. So this movie is 17 years old. Yep. Ish. 16 with and a half, I guess, because it came out, I think, in August. Okay. Um, how fucking original is this idea? I know. It's Ish. so original. Like, I had, yeah. I've never even thought of this before. And I'm like, it's such, like, you just flip it. It's 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 brilliant. It's really brilliant. Uh, hmm. oh, I loved it. It's yeah, so, yeah. I was I was in fucking awe after the movie ended. I was like, oh, <laughs> it's over. It's too bad. Yeah. So go ahead and, and give your final thoughts and your star rating for Cherry Falls, Mark. Um. Well, I want to thank uh, the Cinefessions audience for actually picking this film because I probably would have never watched this if it wasn't for it being the main subject. So I thank you. For that, um, from the beginning up until the end, I dug it. I dug the vibe. It's silly. It's funny. Um, it still is gory and it is violent. Um, the the one liners are so good. I, again, like I literally, like I did last year with Get Out or Don't Pardon Me, Don't Breathe, when the whole turkey baster thing occurred. Um, I had the same reaction when class dismissed happened. It gave me so much pleasure <laughs> and happiness. I clapped. Oh. Melissa's looking at me and I'm clapping at the TV. <laughs> These, it's moments like this that make me so happy. Um, when I watch a film, which I haven't uh, felt this way with any film with the Midnight Pulp yet, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I adored this movie. Uh, it's a shame it didn't get a theatrical release because of politics and because of the fucking MPA. Yeah, fuck um, the MPAA. Up the ass. Yeah. Up the ass with a toe in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so should I give my star rating now? Absolutely. So out of four stars, I give this a full four stars. Fantastic. Full four stars. It's fucking amazing. And for this not being a collector's edition from Scream Factory – what the fuck? We're going to talk about the special features next. Yeah. Between the commentary track and the special features, so much better than Garbage Pill Kids. It deserves a collector's edition. Yeah. It I, is a collector's edition without the branding collector's edition. Right. Yeah. We'll talk about that in just a second. Let me just give my final thoughts here on the film itself. So, yeah. I mean, holy shit, Cherry Falls is a lot of fun. Um, I, I just, I can't believe the movie doesn't get more attention than it does. And I, even with this Blu-ray release, like, it should be talked about more. People now have access to it. Talk about this movie. First off, watch this movie because it'll force you to want to talk about this movie. Um, I mean, it's hilarious and it uses the, the tried and true slasher formula really well. Um, it, it was very reminiscent of Scream, but has elements of other slasher films in there as well. Uh, uh, pieces came to mind at one point. Um, and that, and that just makes it that much more fun to watch, especially for genre fans like us. The characters are just fucking odd, and I love them for it. Um, I didn't see the killer coming at all, which I love, and there are still so many questions I have this this one left unanswered. Like, why in the hell is her mom so weird? And and did the killer's mom just live in that rundown shack of a home or, or what? I would have absolutely loved to see a sequel to this, but unfortunately, you know, Brittany Murphy has passed, so that won't mm. really be possible. But it's a shame this didn't catch on when it came out. Um, yeah. Was it? And and even now, like, is it just too out there for for most people for mainstream audiences? 
you know, I could definitely see that being a reason. Um, it's just a strange fucking movie. Anyway, you cut it. Um, I thought Brittany Murphy was excellent in this and she does a really good job leading the way, uh, for the rest of the cast. She has a lot of different dynamics to her character that we only see a glimpse of at different points, which makes her interesting as hell. Um, the script is just so much fun and almost every fucking line is memorable and quotable. This felt like Scream mixed with The Heathers which is a wonderful black comedy that I highly recommend if you haven't seen. Um, this one definitely falls into that black comedy realm, and I loved it for that reason. Um, it flew by at a brisk pace. Like, I couldn't believe it was over when it was so quickly. Um, and it's one I cannot wait to watch again. So I am giving Cherry Falls four out of four stars. <laughs> yeah! Right on. Which, now... Again, there's only been one film that all of us have given four stars, and that was, that was Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm forcing Ash to watch this when he gets back from vacation, and we're going to hear his thoughts on it. I know he, he doesn't really listen to the podcasts um, after we record them, and so he won't know what our star rating is. Okay. And, and so I'm not going to tell him, and we're going to go from there, see what he gives it. Because I have a feeling this one could be the second entry into that Cinefessions Hall of Fame. So oh, That'd be awesome. I know. I'm excited. But yeah, I loved it. It was great. Um, thank you. Like you said, thank you to listeners for, for uh, suggesting this one and picking this one. Yeah, um, I still can't believe how fucking good it was. I know. And it's under the radar. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I was legit blown away. Right. Um, okay. So one thing I wanted to talk about real quick before we talk about special features, you were talking earlier about um, the know, uh, how you're you know a, a horror veteran. You're able to pick out the killer and like scream and whatnot. Yeah. The earliest you were able to pick it out here, was it when you saw the car? Yes, okay, right. So I mean, when, when he's moving the casket in in the house, uh, so it's right before he revealed himself. Yeah. So I was not, I didn't expect it to be Jay Moore. Okay, and that's what I was going to say because that's basically when they reveal it, right? That's not guessing yeah. it early, I guess. Uh, and I split second exactly. I did not guess it early at all, and that's what I was going to say. Is I feel like I'm, you know, pretty well versed in the horror horror realm as well, and I have a hell of a time picking out the killer. It's kind of like video games. I've been playing video games since I was fucking like five years old or something, and I still suck at video games. I don't know what it is, but I just have a hell of a time picking out killers in slasher movies, and I don't know why. Well, with this movie as well, like for the scenes where, you know, uh, she was being uh, chased or when uh, Brittany Murphy is being chased in the the school hall, Mm -hmm. like they use a female actress. Oh, did they really? Okay. Yeah. So there's scenes where you don't see Jay Moore's face, and it's it's a woman – in the outfit. Yeah. So how are you supposed to know it's Jay Moore? Right. You exactly. Know, because Could of the possibly. Because of the creepy relationship with his student. Uh, but that's just like lucky guess. Like honestly, it would have been a legit lucky guess. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but I thought that that's yeah, interesting no, because like I'm so bad at it. But like you're saying, most horror veterans are are able to pick things out very easily. But Yeah. And, and you know, in a way too, maybe I wasn't really looking to pick someone because I was in for the ride. Because yeah, yeah that was, could be too. You know, um, so I guess if you, if you really dissect it, you probably could have to- found out sooner, I suppose. Maybe, yeah. But well, honestly, I, I think either it was either by luck or you're just bullshitting me after the fact after you watch yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You know. So uh, talking about this Blu-ray, so what blows my mind, and we'll just say, right, well, you, I'm just going to basically repeat what you just said, but Garbage Pail Kids didn't have a commentary, had like, what, f- maybe 50 minutes total of special features, if that. Um, yeah. And it was it was dubbed a quote unquote collector's edition. Yeah. Normally, when you have 
um, movies that Screen Factory releasing that aren't collector's edition, you don't generally get much in terms of a uh, of different artwork, like um, new artwork, I guess. That mm-hmm. might not be as true as I'm thinking it is, but that's kind of how I thought about it initially, and that it could be wrong, but whatever. Um, this one looks like it has that same aesthetic as you would see with other collector's editions. And it has a commentary track and it has like four or five special features. And it has like the, if you put the, the Blu-ray in your Blu-ray uh, ROM, it has the script, the original script. for. I mean, there's a lot to yep. this. How is this not a collector's edition, but Garbage Pail Kill Kids is? It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, what is the difference? Why is Scream Factory saying this is and this isn't? I, w- I genuinely want to know. Like, I don't understand it. The only thing I can think of is that this was a TV movie. Yeah. And it might not have been original uh, poster work done for the film Mm -hmm. because there is no reversible artwork on this film. Right. I did notice that. Yeah. It's just uh, the killer in the first scene uh, or it's a girl in the the car in the first scene of the film. Um, And finding – just even finding a poster online for this is a chore because – like the, in the poster they have for like an IMDb, it's just not a good poster. Like no, it's a generic. It looks like Darkness Falls yes, or any other shitty exactly. slasher film in the early two thousands. I don't think there was maybe uh, uh, there wasn't any promotional uh, posters, right? Because it wasn't because a theatrical. Yeah, it wasn't theatrical. So we got you know an artist rendering. Uh, like whatever's on the Blu-ray here is not original art. Oh, it's not. It was, it, it, no, this okay. this was not the art used back then. At least I don't think it was. It, oh, it, it doesn't I, look it. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I misunderstood you. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so this was art made for the for this release. Right. It's just it's too bad that it doesn't come with like the you know a cardboard uh, slip cover and whatnot because I think mm-hmm. it deserves um, a release. Like I'd buy two copies of Cherry Falls over a copy of Garbage Pill Kids any day. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely right. So um, do you have anything to say about the AV quad? I didn't have any problems with it. It looked great. I watched this one on, on my, you know, 120 inch screen and I thought it looked fantastic. Uh, no oh, problems whatsoever. The sound was fine. Uh, yeah, I, I had no qualms with it. Um, I had heard from friends that there could be a, a dip in quality in some scenes because of the TV edits. I didn't notice anything. Um, apart from just unexplained things, uh, the film itself seemed, um, uh, seemed uh, co- uh, coherent. Uh, seemed uh, consistent yeah. through the whole running time. So I had no technical problems with the film itself. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, I normally read off the the specs. Let me see. So, nah, it doesn't really say. I I, I, don't, I forgot to bring the the disc up with oh, me, so I don't have it. I have it right here with me. Uh, so 1080p high definition white screen in 1.85 uh, colon one ratio. It's got a DTS HD master audio stereo. Um, so I, I think it's a 5.1 as well. I watched mine in 2.0, uh, English subtitles and, uh, yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, in terms of the special features, you have, um, obviously the commentary track, which you listened to Mark, um, and you liked that one, didn't you? I did. I did a lot. Um, just because of its troubled uh, past, the director had a lot to say. Um, See those. That's why I, I should have watched that one because I feel like those are the ones I like the most, where you get a lot of history of, of you know the film and things like that. I love those. Yeah, it was really good. And if you want to watch it again, I'd watch it with commentary. Yeah, um, it's Jeffrey Wright by himself, mm-hmm. and uh, this was recorded recently. That's because, what I was going to uh, ask. I, th- I was wondering if it was a new one or if it was kind of uh, just re, you know, from an old release. I, I, 
Yeah, no, I believe it was recorded in 2015, uh, 2016 because okay. they said it was uh, 15 years after oh. or 16 years after the release of it. Gotcha. Um, so fairly recent. I think this was made for this release. Um, but yeah, no, he's got some really cool tidbits like the uh, the car that the kids are in in the opening scene. Yeah. Uh, the car had a license plate that said Supernova. Oh. And the reason for that is because he was, you know, the film Supernova yeah. with, uh, with Spader and uh, with uh, Angela Bassett? I think that's also well, he, from uh, Shout Factory. It's very possible. It's a horrible film, but it's very possible. Yeah. Um, he was supposed to direct that film, but due to clashes with uh, some uh, higher ups, uh, he got taken off the project in, um, in pre-production. So his jab at them was the license plate Supernova on the car that the kids would get killed in. So, you know, Fantastic. Um, looking really fast here. They, they filmed the movie in uh, West Virginia uh, or in, in Richmond, Virginia, pardon me, because they want to use Virginia because virgins. So that was like a little oh, uh, okay. word. It mentions lots of sex and violence was cut out of the film, uh, which is a fucking shame. Uh, they said that the company who released Terry Falls, which is USA, released a very soft version of the movie. So I thought this version was still pretty decent. Um, for everything it went through, but apparently there's some much harsher material that uh, was removed. Mm. Um, again, mentioning as well, um, he told Michael Bain to play very serious and straight while the other deputy is more goofy. Mm. And the female deputy, that's uh, Paul Anka's daughter, uh, the, the 60, 70 singer. Oh, which, okay. Uh, I found interesting. Um, she's got her own special feature of her own, the interview with her. She does, which I thought was a bit of a fluff piece. Like, yeah. I didn't really care. That's like the one special is. feature I didn't really care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but against her, I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. Um, I guess a lot of the actors, especially Jay Moore, got, got pissed uh, at Jeffrey Wright just because they were so behind on the filming schedule mm-hmm. that they would film what they could whenever they could. <laughs> so it was hard to get Brady for a scene with their prep lines because – what they had scheduled for that day could have been something completely different than when they actually did for that day. Yeah. So him and he talks about how him and Jay Moore clashed a lot <laughs> and how um, he understands why, but he still got a great performance out of Jay Moore. So it's probably worth it. Right. Um, and maybe that's the reason why Jay Moore didn't tweet me back or say, Hey, thanks bro. Because he probably didn't like his time <laughs> on the film. Even though it's a fucking awesome film. Um, so he, uh, so uh, Jeffrey said that he wanted the film to be a dark comedy slash horror, and uh, it's not really what he got in the end. That the film is a little lighter than he wanted it to be, um, because we only got a little bit of uh, superficial violence, um, and there was so much more that he did do that was cut, which is really too bad. Um, it makes uh, Jay Moore's hair horrendous. Uh, the school was actually the school. See, uh, Seth was actually filmed in a real high school, and the PTA oh. at the town was picketing against uh, the film production because of the use of sex and violence in their high school. Didn't mm. like that. Whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, girl permit sex talk. Uh, poor. I don't know what I wrote there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So long story short, it, it, it's a really it's it's a fun commentary. It's informative. Um, but it's not boring and he spends time talking about how, you know, Brittany Murphy was a great actress and stuff like that. Um, so uh, to me, that's that, that commentary track is worth it just to know more about how messed up this film was and how awesome it could have been yeah. more than it is already. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. Mm. I, I really enjoyed it. Good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then uh, it has you know uh, like a five minute behind the scenes footage, which is exactly as it sounds. Like there's no interviews or anything, just literally watching them film. Um, has the original script if you put it the Blu-ray disc in your com- uh, your computer drive. Um, yep. Has a theatrical trailer. Um, there's vintage interviews for, with Brittany Murphy, Michael Bean, Jay Moore, and then uh, Jeffrey White, which um, was interesting. Um, and it just Brittany Murphy came off she comes off as such a sweet person. And it's just so disappointing mm-hmm. that she died so young, um, but just a tragic, another tragic loss in, in the Hollywood. I you had know? issues. I had issues with her commentary. Um, she she made the comment. I don't think you can call this a horror movie. Yeah, I, like, I remember that. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is a horror movie. How can you not call it a horror movie? She, she goes, it's a movie. It's a story with different layers of emotions. It's a fucking horror movie. Don't kid yourself. Yeah, I, 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 I actually paused and yelled what out loud. I'm like, what are you talking about? Don't know nobody specifically. But yeah, I thought that was a weird comment from her. She was young. She, what, like, what year was she born? I don't know. She died at 31. So, I mean, she was probably only like 20-something here, right? Yeah, she was probably like 23-ish yeah. around that time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's like a six and a half minute feature. Um, I liked yep. it because it was like the only time um, outside of the commentary track, which I didn't listen to, that I got to hear Jeffrey Wright talk about the film. Um, and uh, that was interesting. You know, he talks about how basically he cast Murphy because she was not the typical Hollywood girl that you would see from the time, um, which I thought was interesting. Um, the Amanda Ankov interview was about seven and a half minutes, uh, which like yep. we said, basically a fluff piece um, talking about how great everything was. Um, and then the big one was lose it or die. The untold story of cherry falls. So that's like a 25 minute special feature. Um, and it gives a lot of insight into the writing and the selling of the script. Plus some of the behind the scene aspects that you'd expect from something like this. Um, and it talks about, you know, being so far behind on, um, shooting and over budget and everything. And, uh, I thought that was a, a very interesting feature that has, um, what the writer and then one of the producers, right? Yeah. And I believe they're husband and wife. Oh, okay. I didn't, I missed that or didn't catch that. Okay. At least I, I believe he okay. might not have been, but yeah. if that's the case, then the producer Marshall, her husband was a producer as well, but I'm pretty sure they're husband and wife. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think the special features were definitely worth, worth having. Um, and I, obviously we both would agree that this is one that you should definitely buy. Um, I really, really liked this, this outing from Scream Factory and I'm very happy we got to watch it. Yeah, I, I was disappointed that it wasn't longer because like the Howling had like a 50 minute, you know, uh, uh, special feature. And this one was only 25. I, I was hoping for like a longer feature to explain the whole uh, production of the film. Yeah. Um, which would have probably just repeated what the commentary said. That's but. what I was going to say. I was, I was thinking it kind of sounded like the commentary track was kind of the the uh, the home for that, if you will. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I, I thought it was a really good uh, commentary. It had some more interesting information. Um, yeah, just like, again, I'm not a big special features guy. Mm-hmm. And I just ate this uh, these features up. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So that is our Scream Factory uh, part of, of this arc is now completed. And, uh, you know, what do we do? For, what, probably four out of – or three out of four? That's not bad at all that we enjoyed, so – yeah, uh, well, we did five, right? We did the howling. We did. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Four out of five. Yep, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, the only one we didn't really all enjoy was uh, Garbage Pill. Uh, was Garbage Pill Kids yep. because of Moonlight. Yes. 
Oh boy. But yeah, so um, you know, we we're very excited to get into this arc, and I think it really paid off. I loved uh, spending more time with these films because we watched all these special features, listened to the commentary track, things like that. Um, and, and most important, we hope that gave you guys, our listeners, a good idea if you haven't started collecting from the Screen Factory, kind of what you're getting into and what they have to offer. Um, because I think it's a really uh, good company. Um, in terms of releasing these kind of maybe lesser known films or just films that haven't been given this special edition treatment that they are now that are definitely deserving, such as Cherry Falls. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. So let's move on to round 22 of the Besting the Backlog Challenge. So here's where we try to conquer our personal backlogs one week at a time. And as a reminder, we for this feature, each of us looks at the other's unwatched pile, be it their home video collections or one of their streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Instant Video, or Vudu, and pick one film the other hasn't seen yet and challenge them to watch that film before the next podcast. Where they then give a quick review of the film. So we actually chose for ourselves this week. So Mark, you watched uh, Prison from 1987, which is a Scream Factory release. And yes, I initially was going to pick a Scream Factory release, but then I cheated because I wanted to get something up for the website. Um, I did Kathy's Curse, which is actually a Severin Films release from 1970. Well, the movies from 1977. The Blu-ray release actually comes out on April 11th. Um, I'll start because I don't want to take too much time in this one because I have a full review on the website, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm sure you all remember from last week. I picked up Kathy's Curse on Blu-ray from Sev- from the Severn Bro- booth at Horror Hound Weekend in Cincinnati a couple weeks back. So, um, I've obviously never seen this seen the film before, but it was talked about a lot in the horror movie A Day book I read last year from uh, Brian Collins, and so I knew about it and I wanted to check it out. Well, this is one of those you know so bad it's good type of films, and uh, like I said, I'm not gonna spend a ton of time talking about it because I have a ton of words written on the website about the entire blu-ray so definitely check that out at cinefashions.com if you want my full thoughts on it um but that said i mean this one was pretty crazy the first half is very quickly paced and the editing just leaves you asking what the fuck is going on um and then the second half slows down to a snail's pace and that's kind of where the movie loses me a bit um, so if you don't know, Kathy's Curse, is it's about this family that moves back into the father's home. Um, and as soon as they arrive, a force basically takes over Kathy, the daughter, and her personality starts changing. She ends up killing a couple people. And it's basically the story of, of the family's struggle to win their daughter back. I, that's a basic overview of it. And frankly, it makes it sound a little more interesting than what uh, you actually get in the movie. But that's the general idea. Uh, so this isn't a good movie by any stretch, but a word I kept thinking while watching it was endearing, as it's definitely endearing. Um, the choices the director makes, both when filming and when editing, are like any you would have seen before. Um, and there's usually a good reason for that, because they're not very good choices. Um, and really, this is one of those that is made for a group of like-minded friends that are looking for a laugh. If you're interested in movies like that, definitely pick this up, uh, this Blu-ray up from Severin, as you'll surely never see it look any better than it does here. Um, there's some decent special features on it as well, uh, but again, you can read about all of those and the film itself in a lot more detail on the website, so I'll just leave it there. Um, as a film... I'm going to have to give Kathy's Curse one and a half stars. Um, that said, I ended up giving the full Blu-ray release three out of four stars because it's a really solid Blu-ray release. Um, so that was my thought on Kathy's Curse. Mark, I'm guessing you probably haven't seen this one, have you? No, I haven't. Okay. But uh, next time I uh, swing by the Severn booth at Cinema, Waste- at Cinema Wasteland or yeah. hopefully at Shockstock, I will be picking it up. Absolutely. And so um, I, Prison, I have not seen, and it's another Scream Factory Collector's Edition that I own. And so I'm very interested yeah. to hear what your thoughts were on it. Oh man! Uh, again, 
I did not know anything about this film prior to me watching it. Yeah. Um, just knowing that it's one of Viggo Mortensen's first starring roles. Um, and that uh, Renee Harlan uh, did the um, was a director. Uh, so I picked this up because I believe I got it during Scream Factory's summer sale last year. Um, and it's one I've always wanted to check out. Now, I love this movie. I thought it was really oh, good. good. So it's set in the prison where Lane Smith, which you might know him as Perry White from the old The Adventures of Superman uh, TV show with Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher. Oh, I he used to watch that, but I don't me, remember me too. him, I guess. But I do need to watch it. Here. Terry Hatcher. Hell yeah. Oh boy. Um, so he plays a former prison guard who becomes a warden of the prison that he used to work in that got closed down, but reopened and, uh, supernatural shenanigans are happening. Um, so now he believes because what happened is that uh, a guy on death row was killed. Or a guy in the prison was was sent to uh, to death by an electric chair, but he was innocent, and now he believes the spirit has remained in the prison to you know act, act revenge. Um, so this film, filmed in '87, feels like an awesome '80s supernatural horror movie. It's got the feeling of um, Poltergeist with the Keep, um, and this was filmed. This feels a bit like a Freddy Krueger film because of some ways that the prisoners die in this movie, which are pretty graphic and awesome. Um, but this was actually filmed before he did uh, Nightmare on Love Street Part 4. So I think him working this movie helped him out with the special features for the next Freddy film. Um, Viggo Morrison's great. He's He's not – he's subtle. In his role, he, he's not like the flamboyant uh, leading man. He's very quiet and reserved. Um, it's like his actions uh, are meant to, or everything he does means something. So he keeps him a lot to himself. Um, there's a great cast of characters in the prison. A lot of faces you'll recognize, but you might not know their names. Uh, Tiny Zeus uh, Lester is in this film. Um, you know, remember Zeus from No Holds Barred? So uh, <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, yeah, you know, without getting too much into it, I, I really dug this film. Um, I like Rennie Harlan's or Rennie Harlan's movies in general, you know, and he had a role going on. Like he did, um, if I'm looking here, uh, 87, uh, let's, oh, that's director. Okay. Like he's, he did, um, go back here. So he does prison in 87, the nine run love report four in 88, die hard two in 90, the Adventure of Ford Fairlane, same year. Then Cliffhanger, Cartoon Island, Long Kiss Goodnight. Like, he had a great run of films. And he seems to have fallen a bit out of favor these days. Why? I don't know. Maybe it's because the Cartoon Island was a bit of a bomb at the box office. But he's made some awesome flicks. Some bad ones, sure enough. Like, you know, Exorcist the Beginning and, Man and Mindhunter. Um, but I, I dig his work. This movie is really good. I didn't look in the special features of this movie. Um, just because of time. But uh, there's there's two commentaries, I believe, on it. Actually, no. Audio commentary with Rennie Harlan. There's a making of. A new retrospective with the producers and the director. The stunt coordinator, Kane Hodder, which is awesome. Charles Band was part of this. He's a, he was a producer and a composer. Pardon me. Charles Band was the executive producer. Richard Band was the, um, was the composer. 
anyways, uh, it's it's really cool. There's a copy of the script in PDF format on the Blu-ray as well. Um, but just by the film itself, I really liked it. Had some really cool kills. Um, I love supernatural horror. This was up my alley. I recommend it. Fantastic. I'm excited to watch it then. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll like it. Good. All right. Perfect. So for next week, obviously, it's just mm-hmm. you and I, so we're going to pick for each other. Um, yeah. And I've, uh, we decided that we are going to pick from our, each other's rather, personal cinefashions list that we updated at the beginning of this year. And so, you know, we have 10 or so films to choose from. And so, Mark, I have decided that yes. for next week, I am going to have you watch from that list. 1954's Alfred Hitchcock thriller, Rear Window. Oh, that's hilarious. Why is that? <laughs> well, for your list, I was going to uh, – well, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to. I am going to pick 1958's Vertigo. Vertigo, yes. <laughs> yeah. I am so excited. I've been wanting to watch this forever and I just like never sat down to do it. So, good lord. I cannot wait. That's be fun. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to try to rewatch uh, Rear Window in the meantime because um, I, it's, I love it and I'd love to talk about it with you next week. So, a little Hitchcock double feature. Who the fuck would have thought? Yeah. I'm excited. Who would have thunk it? All right. So, just a recap. Next week, Mark, you were watching Rear Window from 1954 and I am watching Vertigo from 1958. So, we get our Hitchcock double feature for round 23 of the Best in yes. Your Backlog Challenge. That should be a good uh, good couple of discussions there. So, heck yeah. It, it will be. It will be. All right. So, now the time has come to announce what it is we will be doing starting next week. So I know that the three of us here talked about this when it happened a good deal outside of the podcast. Um, and then we went to record and we just didn't mention it, not on purpose, but it just never came up in our conversations. But this, I know, affected the three of us here a lot. And we know that it had a great impact on a lot of film lovers' lives, especially genre lovers like us and probably like most people that are listening to us. And I'm, I'm talking about the, the way too early passing of the wonderful Bill Paxton, who died uh, back on February 25th at the age of 61 after he had a stroke uh, from some complications from a heart surgery he was having. So Paxton was always an actor I looked forward to watching in films because he would always bring his A-game, whether it was shooting down aliens, watching cows, cows fly by his truck, or helping an old lady tell her story of love during a tragedy. Paxton could always be counted on for a memorable and genuine performance. So to honor the legacy of one of Hollywood's greats that we lost too soon, the Cinefessions podcast is going to be transforming into the Pax cast for the next four weeks. So we've narrowed down his intimidatingly strong filmography to Mm -hmm. four films that we thought showed off some of the incredible range that Paxton was capable of as an actor. And all of these films are going to be first-time viewings for at least one of us on the show, which is always always fun. So for the Pax cast, we'll be looking at week one will be 1985's Weird Science, which is obviously like an 80s teen sex comedy, right, Mark? Oh, no, Mark, you haven't seen it either, so I can't even ask you. Have, <laughs> That's how I, I understand it. TV, yeah, I I've, uh, I used to watch the TV show on USA Network. Okay. I've never seen the original movie. Okay, yeah, me either. So I'm, I'm excited too. But that, that's kind of how I understand it. I could be completely wrong. Who knows? Uh, so that's week one, Weird Science. Week two is going to be 1998's A Simple Plan, which is uh, a neo-noir thriller. 
uh, the next week, week three, is going to be 2001's Frailty, which is as straight up horror as you can find in his filmography. Um, and then we will end it with 2004's Club Dread, a horror comedy film that I'm excited to revisit after not having watched it in over a decade. And I think yeah, me too. you as well. So, yeah. I'm very excited. I, yeah, it's good. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, we hope that you guys are as excited as we are to get the opportunity to honor the legacy of a man that I know was loved by millions and I know that we loved uh, very much. So, the next four weeks are all about Bill Paxton and we couldn't be more excited about that. So, next week becomes the Cinefessions podcast becomes the PAX cast. And we hope you guys are excited about it. I know I am. Absolutely. All right. So that is going to be that for this week. Next week, Mark and I are going to be back to kick off our next arc when the podcast transforms into that PAX cast like we were just talking about with a review of 1985's Weird Science. And if you have any questions for us here at the Cinefessions podcast, please hit us up using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust for all your questions you'd like us to answer here on the show. And we're going to do our best to answer all of them. And again, tweet at us using that hashtag InFilmWeTrust. And if for some reason you're not on Twitter, just give us a call at 1-302-448-TALK or email us at contact.cinefessions.com for any of those question of the week options. And as always, if you do like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it is you might be listening to us. Positive reviews help us get more listeners, so we really appreciate you taking the time to leave us that review. And remember, as we announced at the beginning of this episode, anyone who leaves us a review during the month of April will be entered in to win a $20 Amazon gift card to the store of their choice, and the winner is going to be announced on episode 91 of the Cinefessions podcast, so please make sure, if you haven't already... You're leaving us that review on iTunes. And just a reminder, you can always reach us on social media. We'd love to interact with our listeners there. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So make sure you're following along on all three of those platforms. And Mark, where else can we find you online? You can find me on Instagram at mnado 2 You can find me on Twitter at Mark underscore Nado, And as well on Facebook at Mark Nado. And if you are going to uh, add me on Facebook, please let me know you're a listener and uh, not a uh, bot. Because, <laughs> not a sex uh, I want bot. real friends. Not, oh, you know what? I wouldn't mind that so much. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just let me know that you listen so that I know where you're coming from because uh, usually <laughs> I don't like uh, strangers. Anyways, yeah. So you can catch me there and, uh, you know, or you can send us a voicemail or you can send us a five-star review with a question. We'll let you there too. Yeah, absolutely. Sure so we All right. <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, you can follow me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1. That's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. All right. Thanks, Mark. I had a great time talking about Cherry Falls. It's my pleasure. I'm glad that we were able to watch it. Oh, yeah. So I want to thank everyone for listening to the 86th episode of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film we trust. We'll catch you next time. (laughs) 